LiftNet Studios World Headquarters in Spring, Texas. It's Barry on Deck. Hosted by former ESPN Houston radio host and stand-up comedian Barry Laminat. Starring Oliver the Cat. Written by Barry Laminat. Produced by Barry Laminat. Directed by, you guessed it, Barry Laminat. Featuring sports, entertainment, special guests, film sessions, and some drinking. Okay, a lot of drinking. Viewer discretion is advised. And now, here's your host, Barry Laminac. What's up, you damn dirty deckheads? Welcome to Barry on Deck. I am your host, Barry Laminac. Thank you guys for being here. Today is a glorious Monday, November 7th, 2022. And this is episode number five. I don't know. Shit, I thought I had it. I didn't write it down. Uh, hey, if you uh, if your if your team won the World Series, clap your hands. Yeah, baby, let's go. Say what? <sighs> Such a good feeling, you guys. Welcome to the program. Shock, I gotta say, buddy, I admire you for showing up on this fine Monday. Um, uh, my condolences to your Phillies. Uh, it was a hard-fought, hard-contested battle. I'm so glad you didn't come over for another watch party. <laughs> I really believe, I was like, Shock was over for the 7 nothing Lance McCullers debacle. And... Uh, I was like, oh, I just got to get my good luck cup. That's what it is. Well, that cup has since been retired. That shit was not good luck at all. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I believe it was shock that was bad luck. That's what it was. That's what it, that's what it was. Um, but yeah, we've got a ton, a ton of sports to discuss. Excuse me. We are obviously talking World Series. Um, if you've been sleeping under a rock, Astros uh, take it in six. A really good World Series if you're a baseball fan. Some of you might be like, eh, American Yankees and the Dodgers. Eh. No one gives a shit. Uh, it was a really good, interesting, um, all weird, cool, all kinds of shit. Record-breaking World Series. Alex Rodriguez said he thought it was really good for baseball that it happened um, and that he believed it was uh, really put baseball in a good spot. And I, I, I don't I don't know if that's true. Um, I don't know if he believes that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know if he believes that. But uh, hey, Kyle loves the corn song just followed again, again. I feel like you unfollowed and followed again, but that's dope, man. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, shout out to everybody kicking in on the on the hype train. Holy shit. Jared Taylor, five minutes ago. A thousand bits. Holy shit, Jared. What are you doing, you crazy person? He also resubscribed for nine months. Jared Taylor, thank you, buddy. He said, what up? We're having a baby. We are indeed, sir. That is nine months of subscribing. We are having a baby. And I appreciate our little stream baby, Jared Taylor. And thank you for the thousand bits, my friend. Uh, that's super dope of you as well. What's going on over here on my computer? That's weird. Hey, uh, Kyle loves the corn song. Thank you for the follow, by the way. 
Uh, Alan Denson, thank you for the 100 bits. Holy shit, we have a brother-in-law sighting. Ray Lucio. In the chat. 1,100 bits. First of all, super unnecessary. Very much appreciated. But more importantly, Ray, good to have you back uh, watching the show. Watching the program. Appreciate that, man. Good to see you. For those of you that don't know, uh, you might be a little weirded out right now. You might be like wondering what on earth is happening. Uh, because we are live right now on Twitch and on YouTube. Oh, memesters! Mimi, thank you for the 500 bits, sweetie. You are the best and the nicestest. Uh, yeah, happy Astros Parade Day, DJ Maddie. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking over at the YouTubes right now. Uh, I see Total Dallas is there, Sandoval, um, Donna's there, uh, Cherry, and Heartthrob, and Titan Hugo, and Rudolph, and uh, let's see, who else? I think that's it. Yeah, and Ronald Poole. What's up, Ronald? Uh, 71 strikeouts by the Phillies, a World Series record. Well, Ronald, is it by the Phillies or was it by the Astros? Aha! What? That'll be the age-old debate for this for this World Series. Was it really good pitching or did the Philly bats just go night-night? Did they go to sleep? And well, I don't think we'll ever really know. Uh, I think you got to give credit to a pitching staff who had a point uh oh eight or a 083 era or whatever it was 0.83 era they gave up they got those that amount of strikeouts you throw a combined no hitter in my opinion i think you got to give it to it's just good pitching that's that's just what it was uh and sometimes good pitching beats good hitting in fact about 70 percent of the time or more steve holy shit holy schnuckies Steve-O with a thousand biddies. Oh my god, we have completed a level Heck two yeah. hype train. Heck yeah, we have Heartthrob with the sub. We are having us another a stream, baby. Look at that. The nine-month subs are rolling in. It's a World Series, baby. Congratulations. I think we shall call it Astro. Oh, that's a stupid name for a baby. If there's any babies that are born in, in within the next three weeks. That are that are uh, named Astro or what? You're you're a moron. Don't name your baby Astro. Dusty. You want to name your baby Dusty? I would do that. I would name my baby Dusty. I would I would a hundred percent name my baby Dusty for sure. Uh, name my baby Dusty. Uh, I like the Steve was like, hey, fuck you, Andrew Clay. Who, by the way, who, by the way. To his credit, will be joining us. Say, say, what's up, girl? Thank you for the 21 bits. Ah, uh, Steve-O with another thousand bits. Are you trying to see my nipples, Steve-O? I feel like, bro, thank you so much for that. I feel like Steve-O's trying to get some titty out of me. I do. I feel like he's trying to get shots and titties out Heck of me. Yeah. Uh, Joel Hernandez just gifted a sub to Alex Villanueva. That is outstanding. Thank you, sir. We are level three. In this hype train, let's go. I almost forgot to play the sounder. It's just going, shit's going crazy. Shit is insane. Party up in this bitch. Shooting fireball right out the pee hole. Okay, don't don't call it the pee hole. How do you get this out? How do you get this out? There you go. We don't have much left here. Heck yeah. That's all we got. Let's do this. Let's do this. It got on my face. Don't click. 
Fireball. Oh my god. Oh, that burns so bad. Ugh. Jerry said that's nasty. Uh, it wasn't great. I'll tell you that much. Oh, shit. That was terrible. Alex said Barry likes stuff on his face. You dirty whore. I do not. I mean, um, but yeah, so uh, it's a party up in this hoe. It is a it is a hundred percent party. Jerry Taylor. Uh, excuse me. Thank you for the 90 bits, my friend. Cherry gave out a gifted sub to the community. Let's go. Holy shit. We are sucking out. No, I'm not. No, no. You think I'm going to do that and let you guys clip that and put that on the internet? By the way, uh, that really fucked me up. Something's wrong with my with my, my talker box. I was, I almost said something about it in my throat, but I chose not to because I've made that mistake before with Nick and Joel. <clears throat> oh, shit. That's awful. Uh, woo. Hey, damn. All right. Uh, real quick, though, just, just to reiterate, do I sound different? I feel like I sound different now. Something has happened in my, in my voice throat, in my, in, my talk, in my talk tunnel. Something's happening in my talk tunnel. Um, but just so we're clear, folks, we're just doing a slight little experiment over there uh, on the YouTubes. This is not a permanent move. This is not a thing where the show is back on YouTube. It's really just more Heck of a, yeah. hey, we're live. Come hang out with us over on uh, Twitch for the rest of the show. It's a three-hour show today. And, uh, yeah, you're going to get about 20 to 30, min of it, 30 minutes of it over there. So come on over and hang out with us. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how this experiment works. Also, yes, we are live on Podbean. We're streaming in three places right now. Excuse me. We're streaming on Podbean Live to DMAC and Chris Reyes. Excuse me. YouTube Live and on Twitch, but all that's soon to go away. Uh, we're on... God damn. This is awful. Uh, <laughs> we'll be on Twitch full time. And by the way, if you are watching on YouTube and you're like, hey, well, what do you? What, what would you rather... Where would you rather me watch, Twitch or YouTube? Definitely Twitch. Always Twitch. That is the bread and butter of this show. So if you have a choice, uh, I don't really care what the YouTube numbers look like. I don't really care that anybody is over there. This is part of a experiment that we're doing. I mean, I care if you're there. Uh, maybe you can't watch the show on Twitch. But if you're like, oh, I, I can have a choice. Uh, 100% uh, just if you want to kill YouTube and watch on Twitch, that is... Uh, ideal for, for the show, at least. Hey, Steve-O, thank you for the... 69, I like A Thor resubscribe for one month. Let's go, banana boy. I don't know how to do the banana. Peanut butter and jelly time. Yo, PB Dubs. Holy shit, thank you for the 500 bits, my friend. Oh, shit, we are we are eight, uh, 18% away from titty time. We are 18% away. From, yeah. oh, shit! Oh, thanks, Jen. We have you to blame for my big, fat, nasty, gnarly titties coming out now. I want you to know that, Jen. I want you to know that, uh, Jen. By the way, thank you for resubscribing for nine months. I appreciate that. Although you work here, and you really shouldn't have to do that. And thank you for the hundred bits as well, Jen. Ah, uh, Sandoval's like, show us those nips. It's Oh, so disgusting. Hey, Steve-O! Thank you for the 69. I like 
All right. I guess I got to do this. I guess I got to. Uh, all right. I guess I got to do a shot, too. Fuck. Are you serious? I just did all the the, the fireball. Now I got to shoot the Jamie. And uh, you know what? That's it. I'm showing one nipple. Okay. Uh, if you like it, you should. <laughs> Cheers and nippies. If you like it, you should put a World Series ring on it. Can I Can I be honest with you, too, chat? Can I be honest with you, show? Can I be honest with you, YouTube and uh, Discord? Can Mary just take a shot of berry on deck rye instead of titties? No. God, no. Ugh. I don't want to shoot the rye. You sip the rye. Heck you don't yeah. shoot the rye. Uh, can I tell you one thing that I thought of the very first Heck thing yeah. I thought of when... Uh, oh, Mimi! Heck yeah. Oh, my God. Now I got to show butthole. Heck yeah. I'm not doing that. There's Heck no yeah. way on earth. Memesters! Mimi, holy shit. Thank you for the five community gifted subs. Oh my God. This is an insane start to a show in the week. What is happening? And to think Nora was like, why don't you just take the day off and watch the parade? I was like, you know what? <sighs> Gotta go to work like everybody else. And, uh... You know what? Uh, you guys have made it all worth it. You do every day, but this is amazing. Mimi, thank you for the five gifted subs, sweetie. Holy shit. Uh, let's see who got them. Dursk03, Omar Al Shamir, uh, Victor57, and Sandoval0424. Uh, what's up, Sandoval? And Richard Vales got a gifted sub. Memester, sweetie, thank you. That, that puts us at 92% of the level five, which is the cap. Holy shit. What's up, hockey fan? Hockey fans, 71 in the building. First time chatter. First time here, I think. First time here. Well, welcome. We're talking uh, World Series, duh. Talking NFL Week 9. We have a lot to discuss. I have a shit ton of notes on that. Uh, we need to talk uh, NBA and Kyrie Irving. We could talk MLB free agency. We don't talk a lot of hockey on here, hockey fan, unfortunately. Um, I just became a Leafs fan just because I didn't have a hockey allegiance because I grew up not watching it. So I had the chat help me pick yeah. a team, and it was the Leafs. So, Jared, thank you for the gifted sub. And it goes to my guy, E2D. That is dope. E2D, man. Now you get to use all the cool-ass uh, emotes that everybody else has access to. And that also puts us over the top. That does it. Level 5 hype train in effect. Uh, first, we do the shot. And, and then we do the titties, okay? So first we do the shot, then we do the titties. Uh, first and foremost, what a, hell, what a hell of a way to start a week. Uh, what a hell of a way to start a show post-Astros second World Series uh, in six years. I just want to say, man, thank you guys for this dope-ass, dope-ass hype train. Steve-O, thank you for the... 69 I like uh, thank y'all for this dope ass hype train thank you for being a dope ass community and a, a dope ass group of people man uh, happy world series to my Astros fans in the chat and cheers everybody oh no alright <clears throat> no more drinking for the day and uh, no the leaves not the leaves did I say leaves I might have said leaves okay that's all the drinking for the day no mas no more. You're not going to guilt me into it. But we did hit level five or level six hype train. You guys are fucking amazing, man. Unbelievable. Okay, let's get to it. That's enough bullshit. Y'all know normally we start with the chat. 
But we got to get into this. We have so much to cover and a very short amount of time to cover it in. Uh, we have a three-hour show, but it's going to be absolutely jam-packed with conversation and information. Uh, Chica Chula, what's up, girl? Uh, she's here for the kitties. Yeah, I know. I got to go get Dang one. Uh, let me get into this, though, first. Hey, hockey fan with the sub. Thank you. A prime sub at that, man. I appreciate that, hockey fan. Thank you so much. That is uh, that is dope, dude. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, you're in Texas, Barry. I get it. Yeah, man, look. We're dumb as fuck down here when it comes to hockey. I ain't gonna lie. Even Dallas Stars fans, they're posers. They're, they're just, they're fake-ass hoes. Don't listen to them. I love hockey. Bitch, no, you don't. No, you don't. You just love saying you love hockey. You like to look cool. Uh, what's up, Pigeon Patrol? Let's go sports. First time chat from Pigeon Patrol. Let's go sports. <laughs> I love it. No, 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 no team or sport in particular. You know what? You'll never lose if you keep that attitude, Pigeon Patrol. All right, let's talk World Series. I have notes galore. I'm gonna move those over to this winder over here, as my grandma would say. She never said window. She said winder. Baby, roll your winder up. No, nanny. That's it's called a window. That's what I said. Roll your winder up. We're about to get get in the car, roll your window up. We're headed to Walmart. There's no K in Walmart. That's why I say we're going to Kmart. There's no well, there's a K in Kmart, but you put your 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 bookend in the K's, Nanny. You don't do that. Hockey fan, thank you for the follow too. So y'all roll your windows up and get ready, cause uh we got a lot of shit to cover. For real, for real. I got your sports headlines. We're gonna get into that. But I mean, Heck obviously, yeah. obviously, we gotta get to uh uh um uh, the uh the world series and uh cherry just gifted us some again let's go holy shit cherry y'all are on fire oh my god i don't deserve y'all really oh this shirt by the way this is a bad choice for a stream good lord i look like a i look like somebody's toe got infected a little bit with especially with now the beard growing out this is awful this is this is pretty disgusting. Uh, pretty disgusting look. I, orange was a bad idea, folks. I should have went navy. Uh, and by the way, welcome to Pigeon Patrol. Uh, first time chat over there, so appreciate that. And Cherry, who'd you give the sub to? Oh, to Chewy. That's dope. Well, good for you, Chewy. You got your little gifted sub there, man. Total Dallas with, holy fuck, I don't even have them firing off over there, but Total Dallas just threw down, uh, uh, what are they called over there? I don't even know what the bits are called anymore on YouTube. It's like super, super chat. $2 super chat. Thank you, Total Dallas. He said Rangers 2023. I mean, don't get your hopes up. Just, you know, be happy you have the Mavs and the Cowboys, buddy. Uh, Rangers are going to be ass for at least a couple more years. That's just how it goes. That's how a rebuild is. Titan Hugo said, yeah, the Rangers are probably worth $2. Titan Hugo's a dick. Uh, holy shit, it keeps going. Oh, my God. Can we talk sports? Alan Denson, thank you for the 100 bits. Ivan, thank you for the 50 bits. All right. Let's get to it right away. Let's talk just some basics about the World Series. Uh, the fact that Jeremy Pena won MVP is uh, amazing and a, and a testament to the kids' work ethic, but I think it's also a testament to the leadership on that team. You don't just, a rookie doesn't just come in and become the ALCS MVP and the World Series MVP and win a gold glove and hit second in a World Series team's lineup all on his own. 
you have to have some really solid leadership. And, and I think this is the most important thing, you have to have a clubhouse that is void of ego for the most part. These guys, I mean, you think about that. There are guys who probably deserve to be hitting in that two hole. I mean, I, I lobbied all year for Kyle Tucker to be the leadoff hitter. And Altuve to hit in the two hole. I, that that was that would have been my ideal lineup. But what the hell do I know? That might not have won a World Series. So, but I, I think it's a testament to this team and, and to the players on the team for how they handled that and how they helped him and how he was smart enough to watch these guys uh, who who uh, you know watched uh, watched some really good baseball players and some and some potential Hall of Fame level baseball players and how they carried themselves and their work ethic and everything else and you know Altuve said at the beginning of the year this kid has something special he's going to be a star and and I was like okay he's supposed to say that that's his double play duo guy okay whatever and then Jeremy Pena came out and for about the first two and a half months I'd say at least maybe into June uh the conversation was as Jeremy Pena was on track to be Sebo thank you for the 69 bits buddy the conversation was is that they were on he was on track to be the rookie of the year. Now that didn't happen. Injuries uh were kind of derailed him for a few weeks and then Julio Rodriguez just just ran away with it and it wasn't a contest. And I'm I'm fine with that. He deserved uh he deserves to be rookie of the year. There's no doubt about that. Um but Jeremy Peña gets other awards that Julio Rodriguez won't have a chance to ever earn as a rookie and that is uh ALCS MVP, World Series MVP. And he got the gold glove at shortstop as well and, and a World Series in his first year in the league. So pretty dope. Uh, pretty dope start to uh, what potentially could be a an outstanding career for uh, Jeremy yeah. Pena. So good for him getting the MVP. Hey, TDP just resubscribed. Let's go. He said downtown is packed. Oh, I bet. I bet it's ridiculous down there. If you don't know, the parade started at like noon. I would have never gone to that in a million years. I went to the one, or I was kind of at the one in 2017. Uh, after Fidel, thank you for the sub, buddy. Um, the, I went to the one in 2017 when I was still with ESPN. We did a show down there after the World Series victory, and um, we ended up kind of near the parade route. And so we kind of hung out a little. There's no way I would go down there just for that. One, I just don't like people, and I don't like crowds. So there's no way. I can't imagine, one, how packed that is. Two, how much everybody smells like ass because of the Houston heat and humidity. And three, just like how insane it is getting in and out of there. Oh, my God. If I just worked on there, I'd be so pissed. Could you imagine how many people down there are not Astros fans that are trying to get to work or do their job? And they're just like, man, fuck this parade. Oh, you know, it's true. Because I'm like that when they do the stupid bicycle races or the or the marathon or whatever. Oh, man. Trying to get to the studio back in the day in the station. Oh. Oh, I'd be so angry. Shock knows. Is Shock still in the chat? He knows. We'd have that stupid bike competition every year. And Shock would I would be trying to get there on Sundays for game day. It's ridiculous. Uh, Cherry said I went downtown after they won. It was insane, but so much fun. It was such a good energy. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope, right? They 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 know how to party. Houston knows how to party, man. And we do it in a way where we don't go, we don't get stupid. You know what I mean? We don't get ignorant. We don't uh Riot for the most part. I mean, we're prone to it a little bit, but not not terribly. So that's what's dope. Uh, I hate to tell you, a rookie went in there and took the shitty pork chop pena. What? Uncle Uncle Mike and VP of your Houston Astros. Uh, no, Sandoval. I I know about the speech. That's not that's not MVP level shit. Um, and I saw somebody. I don't know who it was, but they think that uh um 
Ryan Presley. There it goes. Steven Weatherguy said, I love Pena, but it should have been Presley. That's not true. That's not true. I disagree with that. What's up, Lordy? Good to see you. Shocks that I hate all of those cyclists. Yeah. Cherry said everyone was super chill. Drunk, but chill. Yeah, that's just how we roll in H-Town. You know what I mean? Like, there ain't no cars flipping and police cars set on fire. None of that bullshit. We're just chilling. I mean, most most everybody's probably on lean, which really mellows you out. So, uh, God forbid you get screen burn on that pasty, flaky skin of yours. Hey, Flip, first of all, fuck you. Second of all, why are you being a dick on such a happy day, bro? What? Goddamn, Flip. I love you, but sometimes, bro, you say the the weirdest, meanest shit for no fucking reason, bro. You're not you're not going to ruin my mood today, Flip, but hey, but for real, I'll say this one more time to you and the rest of the chat that likes to make fun of me for being pasty white. My dad almost died from skin cancer, so you can go fuck yourself because I'm not going to go out in the sun and get tanned and burnt every fucking day so Flip doesn't say I'm white on the show. No, go fuck yourself. Um, Steve-O said I set my car on fire. That's dope. Um, let's see. Where was it? Um, where was it? Damn it. Uh, I saw one. Oh, Steve said you hate the people. No, no, no. I just, I hate people in general. I hate people in general. That's the thing. Flip. <laughs> well, you know what? Flip. You fucking earn that bad boy. You earn that timeout. Why are you being a dick on such a happy day? I mean, fuck bro. <sighs> All right. Who's got him? Did somebody get him? <laughs> Did somebody time out flip? I got it. If you don't, shit, I, I got it. Uh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Flip's old mean ass just being a dick for no reason. Yep, there you go. Who got him? CC. Thank you, CC. Always got to be somebody. There's always got to be somebody in the chat that can just ruin a good mood for everybody. You know what I mean? Just why be a dick, bro? And I know I don't have to read it and respond, but I, I try to read everything that flows through there. And you guys know, if you're a dick, I'm going to call you out for being an asshole. There's no reason to. No reason to. Yeah, exactly, Jared. We're having a good time. We're celebrating. New people are showing up. We're live on YouTube for some weird fucking reason. Jimmy John's over there. What's up, Jimmy John? Guess who? Work's got me slammed, but happy to see another championship in the city. Miss you, peeps. Screw Philly and their cheese whiz filled sandwiches. Ho, ho, whoa, whoa, Jimmy John. First of all, uh, some of my best friends are a Philly. Not like a cheesesteak, but just from, you know, shock is a good Philly guy. A great dude. Who shit on all the fan base, just mainly the ones that are still there, I guess. But thank you for the $5 super chat, Jimmy John. Good to see you over there. Wish you could hang out more with us on Twitch. But uh, yeah, the YouTube experiment, pretty weird. We're just seeing how that goes. For those of you watching on YouTube, we got about three minutes left. Uh, and then we're killing the stream. So come join us on Twitch for the rest of the show because we're going to get really in, in depth on this uh, Astros World Series, Astros Phillies World Series. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on it. I, I love going back and forth with you in the chat and uh, agreeing or disagreeing with you. Just like Steve, Stevie the weather guy, a little Uzi. I love his, uh, hey, if you think Ryan Presley deserves the MVP, I say it. Say it with your chest. I mean, you and I will probably argue if I disagree, but say it with your chest, VB. There's no save the tube. Okay, there's no save the tube. Uh, looks like you are live there too. Hey, uh, hey there, are you guys on YouTube as well? Yes, we're live on YouTube, live on Twitch, and live on Podbean for the time being. It's some experiment. Twitch reached out and was like, hey, we're selecting a few different partners. I was like, bitch, y'all turned me down for partner. 
I don't know how I got involved, but they wanted to to try it out. So I was like, okay. Uh, Idrid said Fromber was my MVP. And I, I don't really have a problem with that. Fromber was definitely second on the list. I, I mean, to me, it went Jeremy Pena, no doubt. I mean, the kid got six hits, the defense that he played. And see, here's the thing. Uh, Jeremy Pena seemed to do it at a moment and at a time when it really needed to be done. You know what I mean? And there were several of those moments, right? People, I mean, Trey Mancini, for all of his problems at the plate, he had a defensive moment where they needed it. I said as much on Twitter that Chaz McCormick had a Springer moment. And, you know, Springer, for the most part, he would he would play good, but then when you needed something special to happen at a time when it was crucial for it to happen, it always seemed like George Springer was that guy. Whether it was a catch, whether it was a hit, a home run, whatever it was, um, that that was that was that was it was crucial, man. And and Chaz McCormick had one of those moments for him to be able to do it in his hometown in Philly, pretty dope as well. Um, Fromber was absolutely a monster hockey fan. I I don't disagree with that. I really don't disagree with that. But um, here's the difference, though. And this is why I think guys like Ryan Presley and Framber Valdez sometimes will have a more difficult time of getting an MVP, especially in a World Series that goes six games. Jeremy Pena played in all six of those games. He had a say in the outcome of all six of those games, including the four that they won. Now, I get it. Framber went out and he won two games. But without that bullpen, you know, it could be a little bit different, right? And Presley, you got to get to Presley with a lead in order for him to have an opportunity. But as is the case with Jeremy Pena, he's out there on defense. He's up at the plate on offense. He has a say on the bases. And I just... To me, and in this particular scenario, I, I think he earned it. I'm going to pull up his stats real quick. Uh, I didn't make a ton of of slides. I was going to. I was like, man, I just, I just kind of want to talk a little bit about it as we go. Uh, but here is Jeremy Pena's game log uh, throughout the World Series. And boy, oh boy, is it really impressive. And, and it is, by the way, uh, pretty damn impressive. Especially when you consider... This dude's a rookie. This guy is a rookie, and he gets at least one hit in all six games. Exactly right, Donna. Exactly right. He got a hit in all six games that he played in. He played amazing defense. He had a big home run in that 3-2 win. Um, He had a couple of RBIs there. Um, But it was the getting on base, right? Like, if you look at his on-base percent, right, Uh, just, just, you know, doing what he needed to do and and it was really being a model of consistency a model of consistency throughout the six games and again not to mention the defense that he played there was that one weird non-turned double play but I think that Altuve was in the wrong for that you got to still whether you think it's the right play or not to go to second you still got to be watching the ball I mean most people will tell you just throw it to first but you still got to be watching. You still got to be ready if he feeds it to you. You don't just turn your back on the ball at that moment. So I, I think Altuve has some blame there as well. Um, so what is this? Jared Taylor, I timed out flip on YouTube too. <laughs> Good. You fucking around flip. Jerk ass jerk. That's hilarious that you timed him out over there. Um, That's so funny. 
All right, so we've got, oh shit, we're past 30 minutes. All right, to everybody on, that's watching on YouTube right now, I just want to say thank you for hanging out. CC, thank you for posting the link. Jimmy John, come on over to Twitch with the rest of us, uh, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll do it again over there. Uh, until then, um, enjoy your bread day. Well, I don't know. Bye. All right, so the YouTube stream is done. Uh, we are back to just uh, Twitch I don't really know if they're like monitoring that or how they're, I don't know what they're looking at. It's kind of weird to me, but it's whatever. If that's what they want to do, I'm happy to participate. But look at this. Pena scores one. She scores in all but one game. Obviously, the seven-game shutout he doesn't score in. So not only does he get a hit in every game, he scores a run in all but one game. And in some of those games, they really needed those runs. Um, so uh, Shock said a lot of your guys... Uh, at singular moments, put Pena, uh, but Pena was the only guy who seemed to contribute in a meaningful way in every game, and, and that's a great summary. And that's and that's coming from a Phillies fan, and that's from the outside looking in and watching. And I, I again, I agree. You know, you had Fromber in two of these games, two big games, right? I mean, Christian Javier throws uh, a no hitter. How do you how do you not look at that as possibly the cat or a combined no hitter? But how do you not look at that as possibly a catalyst for? things to come over the next two days. I mean, that had to be demoralizing. You go out and you you just tear the cover off the ball as as the Phillies did against McCullers, win seven to nothing. It looks like, oh shit, we're going. We are we are at home and we are up 2-1. We got two more games at home. We win these. This, that's night-night time. And then you get no hit and that's got to be demoralizing a little bit. Now, I will say this. I said it last week. Uh, and I should have posted the video, but there's no such thing as momentum in baseball. So I don't think that one had anything to do with the other um, from game to game. I mean, and, and that's why when the Phillies won seven to nothing, a lot of people said, well, they have the momentum now. This series might be over. Or they have a really good shot of winning. Momentum doesn't matter. And that, I mean, you couldn't be further from, you couldn't need any more proof than getting shut out seven to nothing and Lance McCullers getting shelled. So following that up with a no-hitter, I mean, that's all the proof you need that there is no such thing as momentum. Now, is there motivation? Absolutely. So let's talk a quick minute about uh, the story that came out about Uncle Mike and his um, his discussion he had with all of the players at the batting cages, if you didn't hear about this. Uh, pretty cool moment. I mean, people are getting a little a little emotional on Twitter and be like, no, it's all because of Uncle Mike. Okay, calm the fuck down a little bit. There's nothing like a great speech to get you fired up and motivated, but Uncle Mike wasn't on the field. And you can do all the rah-rah motivational shit you want to do. I'm sure Dusty has his moments, but at the end of the day, you still got to go out there and perform, and you still got to go out there and, you know, I mean, fuck, they were like, Trey Mancini told the story about how Dusty got him a rosary because he's been in such a funk, and that should have lifted his spirits, and he still didn't get a fucking hit. And just the one. So you can have all of that rah-rah shit you want. And, and it, yes, it can provide some sort of spark or motivation or at least get people to say, you know what, we really need to focus more. But you still have to go out and perform. And guess what? It's still You've still got to go out and be better than the team across the diamond from you because those guys are professionals too. And those guys are going to go out and try to beat your ass. They don't give a shit about Michael Brantley's speech or Mattress Mac getting in trouble in Philly or McCullers' tip. They don't give a fuck about any of that. They want to stomp on your damn throat. So it's up to you to respond. So 
Uh, Pastor Dusty. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can say what you want. It wasn't Mattress Mac. It wasn't... It, I, I really, if you want to know the truth, I think the big motivation here was not Michael Brantley. I think there were two things. I think Michael Brantley got the guys to snap out of maybe a uh, a pity party or feeling sorry for themselves and maybe got them to focus more. And if you didn't hear what happened, uh, he was pissed off the way that the guys reacted after during game three, was it? game? Yeah, game uh, three when they lost seven to nothing because he was mad that they didn't do their job as hitters in a way that they at least got into that Philly bullpen and made them made them use some arms and see some more pitches and be and prepare themselves for the next game. He was pissed about that. And he was like, "Look, we got beat 7 nothing, but we also didn't do our job at the plate. We kind of just rolled over." Uh, hey, what does that say? Someone get a gangster mattress mag tattoo. Somebody did. I know that was ridiculous. Momentum is a trope. I do agree. Later, peeps. I appreciate y'all. Hey, have a good day, E2D. Have a good day, homie. Um, don't forget to talk about how the Tigers beat Bama. We might get to that. If we don't get to it today, we're gonna, we are gonna. definitely need to talk college football tomorrow. Busy day today, though. I mean, obviously, World Series and the thoughts on all that and breaking it down. And then, you know, some of the NFL craziness that went down. Momentum, destiny, and the G-spot. All things I don't believe exist. Yeah, I... Wait. I mean, I found destiny. Um, what's up, Jesus? Good to see you, buddy. So, yeah, let, uh, let's... Uh, I think this. This is my just my, my own dumb, ignorant, somewhat researched opinion. I don't think that... I think Michael Brantley's um, speech at the cages where he saw these guys getting shelled, and they said even the hitting coaches and everybody left. They were like, okay... You know what? We won't, uh, we won't, we, we you, this is just between the players. It was almost like a players only meeting. It was actually almost, it was just a hitters only meeting. But Altuve gave him credit. That was the greatest speech I've ever heard uh, on, a, on a baseball field or in the locker room. It was the greatest speech. It was empowered. It was, it was full of passion and he spoke from the heart. And I'll say two things about it. One, I think it probably uh, snapped them out of whatever funk they might have been in. Hey, Cherry, I love you, boo-boo. Thank you so much for the support, sweetie. Uh, you have a wonderful day. You guys, make sure also, if you're not, please follow Cherry on Twitter and here on uh, uh, the Twitches. Uh, Cherry, are you streaming at all anymore? Are you doing any streaming, Cherry? Or are you solely focused on getting the other parts of the biz going? Um, I'm going to shout you out anyways. Shout out Cherry Stone. Uh, give her a follow. Please do. Give her a follow. Uh, also follow her on Twitter. Great follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. Uh, but thank you, sweetie. I appreciate you. Uh, and have a wonderful day. So, but I think Uncle Mike kind of snapped him out of it. But I'll say this. I think that the two real motivations for this team, one in a way, and I think that that was their motivation from day one, was let's just let's win one for Dusty, man. we got to get this cat a World Series. He deserves it, and he's been such a great manager and mentor and person to them. So I think that that was one of the real driving forces for this team all year was knowing that they had the possibility to win a World Series for, for Dusty Baker. But I think the other one, love you too, boo-boo. 
I think the real motivation for this team, knowing that they had the, the, the rotation that they had and the bullpen that they had and still had the lineup that they did, I think everybody felt we're really good. We're still really, really good, and we can beat anybody. And I'll be honest with you, I think Dusty was 1B or maybe motivation number two. I think motivation number one was if we can win a World Series this year, we can shut up a lot of people. We can get a lot of people to stop talking about 2017. Will you get everybody? No. Will they still talk? Yes. But at the end of the day, there will be nothing tainted about this world championship. So for the five people left on the team, that mattered. I think some of the new guys wanted to rally around them. And I think a lot of the new guys that had to eat the bullshit day in and day out since they joined this team after the scandal broke. The Michael Brantleys and the Jordans and the the Presleys of the world that had to endure the bullshit when they were never here. They're fucking booing Jeremy Pena, who was still playing in the College of Maine, for fuck's sake. Cheater! Like, bro, he was still taking classes, you moron. So I think all of those guys collectively felt like we've got to do this for our reputation, for the city, for the team, and to just shut people up. I think that was the number one motivating factor for the season and for this series. But I will give credit to Michael Brantley in that I think he probably refocused them. Hey, go out and do your fucking job. This shit ain't over. We've, we've encountered worse in the postseason. Go out and do your job because don't forget what the real goal is here. So, hey, Perry, he said, got to get back to work, but never forget day one, Donna told you don't worry about Pena when he was struggling in the summer and who would have seen World Series MVP. Yeah, no shit, Perry. Credit where credit is due. Donna, my sweet, sweet Donna. She's the one that said calm down when it came to Jeremy Pena and he was struggling and it was uh, a little unnerving. Especially after the fire-ass start that he had. So, good, good call, Perry. Well done, indeed. Parade was nuts. Good weekend of sports. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, I'm glad you had a good time. The parade is always, I mean, dude, how many of those do you get to do in a lifetime? So far, two. You might get another one. Maybe. Listen, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Never underestimate the heart of Adana. That's hilarious. All right, Perry. Later on, homie. Uh, that's hilarious. It, it, yeah, Donna's hashtag P- Team Pena. I'm going to tell you, I know very few uh, more dedicated and diehard Astros fans than Donna. So I'm happy for somebody like her who she grinded out every game, y'all. I mean, I'm, I would dare say there's probably not more than three of you in the chat. Excuse me. That could say you watched every game, maybe even... 90% of the games. That's a lot. And I feel like Donna is the only one that could claim either every or 90% or whatever. So I'm super happy for her and the fans. Like I'm happy for the fans that had season tickets when they lost a hundred games. You know, I'm, am I happy for these bullshit bandwagon, uh, you know, Astros fans that oh, I've loved the Astros. I'm a lifelong Astros fan since 2017. They, uh, I'm not happy for them. Donna said I talked to myself on Discord some nights. I know you did. I would go log in the next day. I'd be like, look at this. She fucking is so down for these Astros. I love it. I love it. That's right. That's right, Rez. Donna is the MVP of the, uh, of the Astros Discord. 100%. First season, I could say I watched 80% of the games. Nice. Nice. 
Um, but man, just a good overall, uh, a good overall, I guess I want to say series, but year for the Astros with all the ups and downs and everything else. Um, so I guess the thing that I was pitching about this team being a dynasty, which I started saying that after they made their six straight ALCS. And a lot of people say, well, you got to have more than one ring. We had Apollo Dez on who should be joining us this week again to talk Astros and post world series and what's next. But you know, some people disagree with me, not a dynasty until you, you have multiple championships. That's what it's all about. And I was like, I disagree. I think it's, I think it's super hard to get to six ALCSs, and then people bought up the Braves, but then I read an article today and I had no idea about this, but the Braves, they made eight straight ALC or NLCS appearances, but that was three, the first three of those were done at a time when that's all there was, was the LCS. There was no divisional round and there was no wild card. So nowadays you think about that, you got to go through a wild card, go through a divisional round, go through an ALCS or an NLCS round, and then get to the World Series. Not that damn easy. So for them to make six in a row, four World Series appearances. Uh, in fact, I did make this graphic. Uh, well, actually, you know what? Yeah, I'll just go ahead and do it. Um, okay, that's what in the... Did I not export this some of my bitch? There we go. Um, there you go. This is the Astros run over the last six years from 2017 to now. They have a 541 and 329 record. They've won 62% of their games. They're over, they're 215 games over 500 in this, in this six, ga- six year stretch, six season stretch, I should say. A plus 1,167 run differential. Two World Series championships. Six ALCS appearances and four World Series. Ladies and gentlemen, the numbers that you see on your screen, that is dynasty level shit. And there was an article uh, on The Athletic. And I'm going to find it for you because I want to show you this because I want you to know that I'm not just... I'm not just saying this as a Homer Astros fan. This was written by by somebody else. And uh, where'd it go? Ah, the Athletic. Was that it? Where'd it go? Um, Astros pitching towards no hitter. Oh, that wasn't it. That's old. Um, shit. I can't find it now. Let me see here. Let me just go to the Athletic. Okay, that's just that. Uh, because it was a really, really good uh, article, and I want to I wanna find it for you. Especially because a lot of us are Astros fans. What the fuck are we doing? The Athletic. Oh, come on, dude. I don't need you being this bad of a website right now, bro. What are we doing? That's Twitter. I don't give a shit about what the Athletic team is tweeting out. I want to know about MLB. Oh, my God. Astros win it all. Now the Astros have won the World Series. What's their place in history? I think this is the article. Yep, this is the article. So I wanted to show you this because it, it kind of puts in perspective uh, what this team was able to accomplish over these six years. So this is where I got the numbers from, right there, right? So it says, so there you go. There's all your numbers, right? 622 winning percentage, four World Series appearances, six. So it says, wow, okay, let's digest this, right? Two titles and a 622 winning percentage. That's great. Before we get to it, so way better. um, Let's figure all this out. So it says, before we get to it, it might be impressive to mention some of the other teams that aren't 
on the list of people that accomplished this. The 96 to 2003 Yankees, the Big Red Machine, the Orioles of the 60s, 70s, the A's of the 70s, the Red Sox of the 2000s, Giants of the 2010s. None of those teams are on that list. So do we have your attention? Yes, yeah, find to find the last team to do what the 2017 to 2022 Astros have done, you have to go back more than six decades. The last team with multiple titles and a 622 winning percentage over that many years was the Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra, Whitey Ford Yankees of 53 to 58. That's pretty fucking impressive. And I would have never guessed that. I would have never guessed this team was that good. I mean, you would have called that team a dynasty. Absolutely. So why wouldn't you have called this team a dynasty? Four World Series in six years. Here you go. Brooks Robinson, 66 to 71. Orioles, uh, Walker Couples. I mean, look at all the dates on this. Nobody in the modern era of baseball, in the recent modern era of baseball, was accomplishing this. Uh, includes the 90s Yankees, the 70, the Yankees and the Yankees of 76 to 81. I mean, you had the 66 to 71 Orioles, 42 to 46 Cardinals, the Giants of 21 to 24. I mean, like, the shit that they're doing, folks. Uh, lost one World Series, got back and won the next. Very few teams have done that. The Royals, the A's, the Yankees, the Orioles, and then the Yankees again. That's it. Six straight trips to the LCS. Here's what I was talking about. The Braves got uh, to three of those NLCSs in the pre-wildcard era when the playoffs still started with the LCS. Pretty impressive. And then they go through all of the losses that this team has suffered uh, over that same time span. So a really good article from The Athletic. Um, and it just goes to show you what this team has accomplished over the last six years. So. When I say dynasty, yes. It was a dynasty before, but with a chip, okay. Now, now I have to say, um, let's see. Uh, where did this go? Let me see here. Team Pena. I had to, uh, first season, I can say I watched. Yep. Uh, I would have talked to you, Donna. <laughs> it's because they're in a weak division, Barry. Oh, I can't wait to, I, I should have, I wanted to clip some sound bites from him, but uh, uh, ask me anything about anything, Christopher Mina, Yuli Brantley, Maldi, Verlander, Mancini, who stays, who goes, we're going to get to free agency, don't worry, we're not here yet, but we're going to get to free agency, I will, uh, I will add that to the queue so I don't forget, Astros didn't win the Phillies lost, is that what you're saying, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, um, Duh, don't forget to vote tomorrow. That's true. And, uh, okay. So, I got to apologize to, I guess, the baseball world, the Astros, Jim Crane. I was, I was wrong. And I'm man enough, unlike a lot of people in this business and online and sports fans, but... I'm man enough to admit when I was wrong. And I was wrong about Dusty Baker. When the Astros went out and hired Dusty Baker to be the manager to follow A.J. Hinch after the cheating scandal, I was still working in radio. And at the time, I said on the radio that um, that, that was merely, that was, uh, 100% a stopgap measure that no one expects or is expecting Dusty Baker 
to do anything other than manage and mitigate the damage caused by the cheating scandal. That's his primary role. That's what he's here for. He will do that for a year, maybe two. He will ride off into the sunset, and they will go out and get a young, spry, up-and-coming manager to get this team back on track and try to get back to prominence and respectability. But I did say Dusty was the perfect man for the job at the time simply because he could handle adversity, people loved him, and he would be a great face for an organization uh, that was full of disgrace at the time. And I was wrong because I don't think Dusty or anybody else um, bought into that for a second. I think that Dusty came in with the sole a purpose of, yeah, we're going to get through this, but we're going to win. And we're going to continue to be great. And we have, we have enough talent to be great, regardless of what is said with, about us off the field. And I got it. You got to admit that Dusty Baker did a hell of a job managing this team on the field, this team's perception off the field, expectations on and off the field. I don't think you can say enough about how well of a job he's done since he got here. He far exceeded my expectations. I would have never guessed in a million years this team would win a World Series under him, much less get to another one. I thought Dusty was a stopgap and a Band-Aid, and I apologize to him and all of Astros Nation. I was wrong about Dusty Baker, and I I could not be happier for the man to finally get a World Series when it's got to be, and Dusty never let anybody know this, but it's got to be a little unnerving and disturbing when all they bring up when you manage and start making the playoffs is how you're the, oh, you've been doing this the longest, so you've never won one. How does it feel? Like, fuck, I'd, I've answered this 8,000 times. Why do you keep asking me? But he always handled the question with grace. He handled the, the scrutiny with grace. You know, he would get his barbs in. Don't get me wrong. I saw one interview when it was like, geez, when are some of these guys going to stop living in the past? And uh, it was great. It was great. And he did a, He did a fantastic job. Chris Reyes says, is Jenny going to be on today? Nope. No, Jenny is mom this week. Joining me at 315 in her steed, in her place. Phillies fan extraordinaire. Um, eater of delicious crow, Andrew Clay. We'll be joining. I know the chat is going to lose their fucking mind collectively and individually. But the man that sat here on this screen and shitted on the Astros pitching staff and rotation and team will be joining us at 315 to discuss the series. And uh, yeah, I fully expect you guys to, uh, you know, boo and whatnot. Feel free. He's earned it. Uh, Terrence said, I'll listen as much as I can today, getting ready to head to the San Francisco airport. Dope, dude. I appreciate you. Be careful. Travel safe. Uh, hockey fan 78, 11 said, I felt that way too. I thought Dusty didn't mesh with the analytics Astros. Same fam. Same. Dusty was an old school cat. And you know what? I think what Dusty found was a way to manage both, right? I mean, he surrounded himself with young, uh, younger my baseball minds who were, you know, into the analytics of everything, but also, um, he was able to just kind of go with his gut sometimes. And listen, 
You got to admit, there were times when you were like, oh, fuck, what is he doing? Why are you leaving this guy in? Why aren't you taking this guy out? Or why have you done this? Why are you doing that? It didn't make a ton of sense. I And it just seemed like, though, um, more often than not, he was right. Including, and let's give some credit to this. I don't listen to sports talk radio anymore, so I don't know if anybody talked about this today on any of y'all's airwaves. Uh, yeah, hockey fan seven eight eleven said the uh, the Lance McCullers Junior game. See, I disagree. I think the right thing to do was to leave him in. And here's the other thing about that. And I I addressed it the following. I addressed it last week. But here's the thing, right? The reason why, in hindsight, it was the right move. That offense didn't score not one single run. I don't give a fuck who you brought in. Once they were down one to nothing, they were gonna lose one to nothing. And people say, well, it changes the game and the approach. And no, it really doesn't. You ran into a buzzsaw that day. Whether you're down 2-0, 4-0, or 7-0, you were losing by zero. What he did, what he did, uh, and he won't get credit for, hockey fan, is he saved the bullpen for the next three games. If you go and run McCullers out in inning one or two, and then you maybe dip into Garcia, or you start going into uh, a damage control mode because you don't want to go down 2-1, so you're throwing your best arms out there, now you're just burning up arms. As it stands, he used Stanek, and I don't remember who else in that game, and I don't think he ever saw Stanek again. So I think at the end of the day, Dusty got it right. And it's hard to question that because they won in six. They never lost after that. So I said that last week and I'll say it again. I think that was the right move. At the time, you might question it. But when you look back at it, it was the right move. So um, if Clay is still going to be around saying Phillies are a better team, he's going to lose credibility. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Flip does have a stack of receipts on Andrew Clay. That is 100% fact. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to pull up my interview window so I can see when he logs in. So here's the thing. Um, and by the way, shout out to everybody listening on Podbean, Titan Hugo, D, Matt, Chris Reyes. Don't forget, uh, Podbean goes away November 29th. That'll be the last day for Podbean. <clears throat> um, Clay was on Talk Them Lies, and Philly never won after that. That's true. That is that is very true. Ask Clay about the Chaz catch. Oh, I will. Oh, we're going to get to all of it. I didn't realize how many former players are on staff to help with the training and analytics. The, the Astros are a well-oiled machine, Donna. This is why this is part of the reason why they're a dynasty, is they have a ton of systems built in where it's kind of like this next man up, you know, whatever within the organization. Because I was worried that after uh, Luno left and AJ Hinch left, I'm like, oh man, those guys were amazing. How do you recover from that? You bring in an old up, washed up, dusty Baker, according to yours truly and others, and you bring in a guy in James James who James Click. What, what the fuck is the click? Now, I did read an interesting article where um, I don't know that there's the front office. Is, there's been a little bit of contention. I will say the Astros, Dusty Baker and James Click, both of their contracts have expired. They are um, not under contract by the Astros. The um, There was a report out on KHOU and I'm sure some other sources that were saying that uh, Jim Crane fully plans to bring Dusty Baker black, uh, back and make a... a um, a, uh, a contract offer to him. And I think that'll be great. I don't know if that's going to be the case with James Click. I think that with in the case of James Click, um, they respect what he's done. But there was a move at one point when James Click wanted to trade Urquidy for William Contreras of the Cubs. And he was vetoed. Uh, Dusty Baker 
vetoed. So I, I I don't know what happens. Now, I will say that the Astros have proven that, you know what, they should be okay. Uh, and even if Dusty doesn't come back, there's a ton of, of guys in that dugout who I think are more than qualified to pick it up. This is a system. This is a machine right now. Will it end? Oh, absolutely. Will it go away? Oh, sure. The run will come to an end, and the Astros will suck again one day. But it just seems like now they've got the systems in place uh, where just like they'll tell you on the field, it's next man up. So um, Don said, bring everybody back. That's the problem with winning, Donna. We've seen it year over year over the last six years. The more you win, the more difficult it is to bring everybody act. They be back. They become hot commodities. That's why there's no George Springer. That's why there's no Carlos Correa or Garrett Cole or Keuchel or Morton or just the list goes on and on. It could be hard. I mean, I think the one thing you don't have to worry about is people making a run at Dusty Baker. Now, they might make a run at, at James Click, especially if the Astros are cold on bringing him back. But Okay, uh, here you go, chat. The moment you've all been waiting for. The uh, a moment of redemption for Astros fans the world over. And uh, I hope he didn't eat breakfast because he's got a healthy plate of crow to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me on the program right now, my buddy, my pal, Philly fan extraordinaire, Andrew Clay. Andrew, buddy, how are you, my friend? I'm doing all right. How are you, Bear? I am fantastic. I I couldn't be better, my friend. I mean, come on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. hard to not be excited right now, right? I, I Right. The Eagles are undefeated. Oh, for Jesus. <laughs> Man. You think this shirt was un, was wasn't intentional today? Phillies, who? What's a baseball? Never heard of it. I, I don't know. What are you talking about? I I've got amnesia. I yeah. forget what happened over the weekend. <laughs> uh, it was so funny to watch Twitter lose uh, the the deckheads on Twitter lose their mind on you um, during the no yeah. game. Um, they blame you, by the way, for the Phillies getting losing the last three games in a row. They say you're the jinx ever since you came on this show. And well, you, I mean, what say you? I mean, I'm, right. I, I for, for, first of all, I, I you guys should be thanking me. First of all, you should be thanking me if I'm some sort of jinx, which I'm not. Uh, I am. I'm definitely not some sort of jinx. But if you think I'm a jinx, first of all, thank you for thinking so highly of me. Uh, and secondly, uh, you should be thanking me. Um, so, you know, should I just set up a Venmo account or like uh, some sort of like you guys can do that. You can do the uh, the thing the Bills Mafia does, you know, whatever. That's so, that's uh, so funny. Oh, that's so true. It, they can send a, some money to your favorite charity. Uh, yeah, that's outstanding, Andrew. Um, what were you thinking as you're watching the no hitter? Are you going, oh, uh, well, honestly, the end of this, it really, well, on it. No, like that didn't really bother me. Things happen. What really concerned me as a, as a fan was I was really concerned with how much momentum was just vacuumed out of it. I, I for once, and someone, if you can find this in our conversation where I called the Phillies, the better team, I would like to hear myself say that because I never thought the Phillies were the better team. They were the hotter team. They were the team riding momentum, and I thought the momentum would carry them. And even in a loss, I thought the momentum could still carry them. That's why I thought five games, potentially, because I thought the momentum would carry them to a game 
uh, what, four victory. They'd go up 3-1. And then I thought it would just be 1-2-3 Cancun, yeah. right? That's what I thought would happen in game five, potentially. But when they got no hit, that, that's a vacuum. That is an absolute vacuum of momentum when the fans were leaving early. Like, all of that energy got sucked out of the city. And, and, and I knew they were in trouble after they got no hit. I felt I did not feel good about their chances of winning. I was very much thinking this has Astros and Six written all over it. Let me tell you the beauty of the fans leaving early was that down here in Houston, we got shamed by one of your uh, colleagues up there in Philly, a Fox 20, a Fox reporter, Fox sports, Fox news reporter, who, I guess. Who was Fox, it? Um, I will find it. I will find it. He was on Twitter. Uh, let me go to my, um, but he was like, man, I tell you what, I was in minute May. It just was dead in there. It didn't even feel, it felt like a regular season game. How lame. Oh, they're terrible. And then to see Philly fan filing out during a no hitter in the world series and what the eighth inning or something like that, bro. Do you know how much you paid for those tickets? I don't give a fuck if they get perfect gamed. I'm not leaving until the last out. <laughs> That's how much I paid for those tickets. So, there was a little bit of redemption for Astros fans just in that alone because Philly media tried to make it seem like this wasn't a good baseball town. You know what I mean? I I think I know who it was, and he's not a sports journalist either. That's the oh, irony. He's, he's just no, he's just a news reporter that they sent down to do the fan stories. Uh, if if it's gonna, who I think it is, um, some old ass crusty white dude at a Fox affiliate up there. Yeah, I think I know who it was. And uh, he's a nice guy. I've met him before, but yeah, like you, well, I, you, I get next it. Next time you see him, tell him I said, suck it. Uh, he, he can, he can I don't know when I'll see ass, him. He could take that shitty ass reporting and go back to reporter school. Cause that was terrible. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I can't find, let's see. I'm, I'm looking for my replies and retweets. Cause that was where I thought it would be. Steve. Oh, thank you for the 69 bits, buddy. Uh, I think I get. I should get some of those bits, right? Should get some of those. Hey, uh, <laughs> so the other the other thing is when you and I talked when we met before game. What was it? Four. Four. That was the no hitter, right? That was the. And I that was the no hitter. You, I told you we discussed rotations, and you felt like that the Phillies mm -hmm. had the better rotation. And I feel like that this. I thought they had this, the better one-two punch. I thought they had the better one-two punch. I didn't think they had a better rotation. I think the better one-two punch. This big fat guy on this side of the camera told you that Christian Javier might be better than sure. Fromber, for example, who he had a better ERA. I warned you that this rotation sure. and this bullpen was the best in baseball and definitely bullpen, the definitely. best left bullpen, in the definitely. playoffs. Um, sure. are, are you, were you, were, what were you thinking as you're watching this? No, no happen. Are you just going, Oh shit, please keep saying no hitter on the broadcast. <laughs> so that was the one thing that did, but that's the one thing that made me mad the most is like, I'm like, Oh my God, I just backed you Aaron Nola. Uh, and here you guys are letting me down. That's, yeah. that is the one thing I was thinking when the no hitter was, I was like, come on guys, like you, you're killing me here. Yeah, uh, Phillies have so many issues to work out. I'll be really interested to see if they can make any sort of run next year because I don't think they can. See, this team I, got hot at the right time. 
I agree with you 100%. And, and here's why. Like you saw I after the on, on the post game, I think a lot of, you know, they had A-Rod and uh, Big Poppy and, and Frank Thomas and I forget the other dude's name. But, you know, they were all they were very nice to the Phillies. And I got to say, the Phillies were very gracious in defeat. And Kyle Schwarber is a beast. And I think anybody in this league would be excited to have him on their team, uh, including Good. Bryce He can Harper. go be on someone else's team. J, JT Romuto is a savage behind the plate. Oh, and I we're just keeping him. We're keeping losing him. Losing my shit every time they'd run on him. I'm like, oh, no, stop this. That man is the, the baddest dude on the planet behind the plate. Leave that man alone and just stay on first. Yep. Um, but I think that I think that uh, they, the, the one thing that they said, well, you know, this is a, a, a good building block for the Phillies. And the Phillies don't strike me as the kind of team that has the makeup of a team that no. is, is, can sustain this level of winning. I mean, you won 87 games in the in the regular season. You're not a team built for, you know what I mean? Like, if, if you want to tell me that the Mets should be that team or maybe the, the Braves with their talent, the Dodgers, yes. You know what I mean? Like, these are teams that you look up and down the lineup, you look through the rotation, and you look through the bullpen, and you go, yeah, that's a team. That's a team built to sustain uh, excellence for a long time. I just, I and mean, this is not me being a dick. I just, this is me being objective. The Phillies don't strike me as yeah. a team built like that. Well, that's because the Phillies tried buying this championship. You know, this is a very different team than the one that won in 08 when it was Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Shane Victorino was Rule 5 draft. You had Brett Myers pitching. You had Cole Hamels pitching. Like 95% of that starting lineup in 08 that won it for the Phils was homegrown products. This is not that team. This is a team that has what? A couple homegrown Stott at shortstop. You've got Reese Hoskins at first base and you have Aaron Nola. That's pretty much the extent of the homegrown talent on this team. And so no, it's not built for long-term success at all. Yeah. Uh, it, they're going to have to restructure their finances because they have a lot of money. They threw a lot of money at Schwarber. They threw a lot of money at Castellanos. I don't know if they're going to be able to go into another free agent season and spend stupid money, as they like to say a couple years ago. I, I don't know if the Phillies have it. I mean, are you not a Schwarber guy? You just said, <sighs> oh, good, you guys can have him. I think anybody would love to have that. He's a, that dude's a dog. Like, I mean, he's the one that broke the the you know the seal off of that game, that game six. It was it was a pitcher's duel, and leave it with all of the bats in that Astros lineup. It had to be Schwarber to be the guy. And I'm like, as an Astro, I'm just like, why are you letting that dude beat you? You know, it's like pitching to Jordan at this point. Like, what are you doing? Just anybody but him. Well, call me uh, old fashioned. I like old fashioned baseball. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I'm not big into baseball. It's also the why I think baseball is a bright future ahead. I, I watch minor league double-A baseball a lot this year. The pitch clock is a godsend. It absolutely is. I watched a nine-inning baseball game be completed this year. It had nine combined runs in two hours and 14 minutes. I watched a nine-inning baseball game in two hours and 14 minutes with nine runs. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And, yeah. and the big leaguers, the big leaguers, I, I pulled my, my, my stopwatch out. I'm like, stopwatch app. I should say, because I don't actually carry. I got one of those clicky ones. That goes, <laughs> I got one of those. Um, so I pull my app out. It takes out. me to get through this drive-through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I keep it handy, and it's the old, it's the old tiny metal ones with the glass. Yeah, nice. So, um, I, I pull out my my app when the when the big league players are playing down. They don't have to do pitch clock. The pitchers don't. They also get to pitch with the big league balls. They don't have to pitch with the minor league balls. Uh, it was a it was a noticeable difference. I was timing pitch time between pitches in the thirty plus seconds. 
yeah. when the big leaders were out there and you're in the you're in the teams based right. on the pitch clock because the pitch clock is like 20 seconds or something like that. So it's a noticeable difference. And that's really going to help. I think banning the shift is really going to help. I thought minor league baseball was as watchable as I've seen it in a long time this yeah. year. Uh, I think I, it's going to help baseball. I, I think, though, the only problem is you're rewarding guys that can't hit themselves out of a paper bag unless they pull the ball. You know, the uh, – uh, uh, what's his name? The Rangers that went to the Yankees. Um Oh, God, I can't think of his name right now. But, dude, absolutely. He's, you know, you hear about three true outcomes, home run, strikeout, or walk. He was the two true, three, two true outcomes, walk. I mean, home run or walk or strikeout. The dude, that's all he did. Yeah. Uh, what is his name? I cannot. Yeah, Joey Gallo. Thank you, chat. Joey Gallo, right? Guys like Gallo benefit yeah. from the shit of not having a shift. And to me, Andrew, I said this before, it's like rewarding um, Shaq for not shooting free throws by banning the hack of Shaq. That's what essentially what you're doing is you're saying, hey, it's okay to be bad at your job and be good at one part of your job because defensively they figured out how to take away your weakness or your your strengths and play to your weaknesses. You want to be you you know what you want to you want to uh, you know get rid of the shift. Learn how to hit. Learn how to go the other way. You're a professional baseball player for goodness sake. That's the problem I have. So. Well, so I, I hear you and, and I understand what you're saying. And I agree. I want to see guys. I would rather see guys try to poke a single through the hole in the other side of the field than try to rip a home run. The problem is I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. And so if baseball wants to help itself, it's going to have to create rules to help itself. So that's that just what I think it comes Schwarber? down to. Is that why you're like, eh, I don't care. I mean, I don't know. No, how I just like, it. I like. Look, I, I call me old school, but I, I want Doug Glanville leading off. You know, I want Jimmy Rollins in the you don't two want Aaron hole. Judge. I want yeah. This is not, but you're also no. you're probably still stuck on lefty on lefty matchups, and we see what that got you. No, we see what that got the no, Phillies. No, not, not necessarily. They bring in what's I the want dude's name? Um, the your lefty that, that faced uh, uh, Jordan every time Jordan Alvarez would come up, they'd bring in the, the dude from the uh, Al- Alvarado. Was that his name? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah Alvarado. Yep. How many yeah. times did you need to see that fail as a manager before you stopped doing that shit? Like, even if you look at well, the stats and the numbers, you're not hitting three something against lefties. That doesn't matter. You know what you do? You bring in a pitcher who pitches to his weakness. If Jordan's strength is hitting a changeup and a fastball up in the zone, how about bringing a guy whose pitches are bendy, whose pitches aren't flat, whose pitches are always going to be down in the zone so he can't lift the ball and drive it three cities away? To dead center, like that's well, that's twenty twenty two baseball. Not well. He's a lefty. Let's bring in a lefty. Well, what's interesting is old school baseball is what got the Phillies into the World Series. You know, they when they got rid of Girardi, they got rid of a lot of the analytics. Um, and I don't want to say they went no analytics, but there was a really great stat that the errors and the use of the shift went dramatically down after they got rid of Girardi. And it was just interesting, like, oh, man, like the air, the defense healed itself in so many ways. And they were saying when you look at the way Girardi moved players in the shift and he was moving players around and putting them out of position, the people who were playing out of position were the ones committing most of the errors. Interesting. Because they were playing in a different spot of the field. And so when they, they got rid of, they didn't shift nearly as much without Girardi. And they went back to classic baseball. Starters were going seven innings. And interestingly, you have a team that got to the playoffs using old school baseball, yet when the going got tough, what did they do after three and four innings, right? What did they do? They just pulled the pitchers yeah. because yeah. they, I don't, I don't know why they thought that was. 
I agree with you. I I I thought it was a poorly managed series uh, on on the part of uh, 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 what's his name? What's the manager's name? Why am I? Hey, what's up, girl? Um, who was who was the manager? She can't hear name? you. Okay, who was the manager's uh, name? It's one. Philly's Philly's manager. Why am I blanking yeah. his name right now? Sorry, I got cough no, cougher. Um, it's it's was, uh, yeah. I'm drawing a blank too. It's, yeah, I think it's Pete. Philly's Is his first name Pete? Manager, uh, Rob Thompson. Rob, that's Rob right. Thompson. Yeah. Rob Thompson. Yeah. I, I felt like See, I, this is the other thing. I'm a bad. I'm a bad baseball fan. I was here to troll the other day. Oh, I'm a, a bad baseball fan. You did a great job. If of you want to. If you want to speak to my strength, let's talk football. Let's talk NFL. I'm a bad baseball fan. I was here to troll. This, that's not what this is. And it backfired. That's not what this is. It backfired. This is 100% about you having to eat that Phillies crow. I will say this. Uh, looking at the free agents for the Phillies, you got Noah Syndergaard is up. Gene Segura has a club <laughs> option. And then it's a bunch of uh, Corey Kniebel, Kyle Gibson, Brad, Brad Hand. I mean, it's not a lot of names well, to look at. Dave Robertson might have been one of your better bully guys. Uh, and he's a Eflin, agent. Um, Eflin turned down his option as well. Oh, Eflin did? Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah. so uh, I mean, I find it interesting. Dave, David Robertson, it was funny because there was a whole article about he wanted revenge for 2017 when he was robbed. And I was like, huh? Huh? How'd that feel? <laughs> That's what you get. Although he pitched his ass off in the series. Uh, he didn't. He didn't pan out for the Phillies. Like you brought him in to be the closer, and he never established being the closer on that team. He had a it was. Good, it uh, was. A, I mean, he had a good series, though. He had a good World Series. Yeah, if I'm not but he didn't have a good. He didn't necessarily have a good season with Philly. Gotcha. Gotcha. He was brought in to be the closer. He blew like his first save, and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna go back to the rotational thing." That fast, huh? They yep. were just like, "Forget it." Yeah, really? it was pretty quick. They were they were pretty quickly moved on from him as their closer. Whose call was that, that at the time? Was that Girardi or was that uh, was that the new guy? No, no, they didn't. They got him at the deadline. So, okay. okay. Um, let me see real quick. I want to see where is Dave Robertson at? Where is it? Oh, he's not even on this list. But I wanted to see what his his numbers were because I mean he had good numbers in the World Series. So, um, nonetheless, so I mean you guys don't have a ton of of names that were on this list, but I just I don't know. This doesn't strike me as yeah. It was, can, it was like a team. Can of we Destiny. add Castellanos to it? Yeah. Can we add Castellanos to the list? You mean the defensive wizard? <laughs> that dude plays can you, can ass off that, in left field. That's crazy. Can you believe that Castellanos statistically? It, was what the worst defensive outfielder over the last five years cumulative? Crazy, and he was like a wizard during yeah. the yeah. postseason. He could not. I saw someone say if he doesn't have to slide or die for a catch, I don't want him trying to catch the ball. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's right. he was, if he has to just regular such, catch it, he's such a bad outfielder. They were still replacing him in the ninth inning, despite the fact that he looked like the best defensive outfielder you've ever seen. Yeah, that's how Ooh, bad he is. They're like, oh, I don't care how hot he is. It's yeah. the ninth inning. He's coming out of the game. What's the we're gonna we're gonna Philly? go put in? What? What's oh the well, I mean, how are the fans? I mean, I, I don't listen to. <laughs> well, I'm not Philly in Philly. Keep in radio. mind, I'm not okay. in Philly. But okay. no, it's it's Eagles right now, right? That's the Eagles it. are undefeated, Flip best team in the NFL. The bill the Bills are struggling. Kansas City last night looks interesting. Yeah, I mean, right now there's no doubt that. Philly fans think a Super Bowl was theirs, and they don't even want to hear about the schedule, the easy schedule. They don't want to hear about that. Nobody gives because they're still also the only loss that Minnesota has. True that. True that. Well, listen, man. So the uh, one game that's a test. 
I, uh, they blew I, out. I appreciate you showing up and eating crow and uh, taking, I'll eat it all taking day your long. lumps like a man uh, after getting in on this show and trolling and pissing off every Astros fan that's ever watched it. Uh, that's I, okay. You're, you're a man's you know what? man you're for welcome. doing it, Andrew. You're a man. Yeah, you're yeah, welcome. For the jinx. <laughs> you're all welcome. You're welcome. Everybody, make sure you Venmo Andrew Clay a lot of money for this yes. Astros World Series. Yes. Yes, please do. Give me some of Mattress Max, seventy-five million, That's and uh, and make sure you make sure you pound that follow button. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, give them your Twitter handle one more time so they can talk shit. Uh, it's, uh, so. At Andrew Clay TV. Please do talk crap. Um, start talking football crap now because you know the season's over for baseball. We're on to next year, yeah. and uh, the sure. Eagles are undefeated and the best team in the NFL. So okay. Uh, we won't clip yeah. that. Buddy, I appreciate you, man. Uh, you should definitely clip that. No, clip that. Not now, I'm not that. saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. No one's coming back on me on that one. I, you you guys have receipts, okay? You guys have receipts. They don't mess around, dude. They got you. They got you. I've, never, I've never seen them pull receipts out on you, Barry. But, man, oh, for me, do. it's no, like CBS. No, no. It's they, like they CBS do. out here. Well, look, I will. I yeah. will pull my own receipts, though. I I owned my own Dusty Baker hate when they made the move, so I I I, I acquiesced and said I was wrong about Dusty Baker when they made that move. So, yeah, yeah, but it took them two years to win it for you. So you had you had your time. Don't start. Hey, Andrew Clay, buddy, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for being here, and yeah. uh, best of luck no to the Eagles this season. <laughs> Yep. Fly, All Eagles, right. fly. Fly, Eagles, fly, everybody. That is Andrew Clay joining the program. Make sure you give him a follow, Andrew Clay TV, <laughs> on the Twitters. That is fun. And you know what? You got Whether you like it or not, you got to give it to the man. He showed up, uh, and he did not He did not shy away from uh, eating crow and, 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 you know, being wrong about the series and the Astros and the rotation and everything else. So uh, hats off to my man for that. All right, here's what we're going to do. It's 3.30. Halfway through the program, we still have an hour and a half left in the show. Uh, we still have a ton to get to, by the way. I still have plenty of baseball if you want to talk baseball. We've got Astros free agents we could take a look at. We've got, um, listen, we talked Dusty and James Click's future. Dusty's already probably, I think they're already working on a contract for him. I don't know if that's going to happen with Click, but we'll see. Um, we can look at who's locked in and locked up and for how long. I was going to make you a real pretty chart. But I didn't have time to do that yet. Bob Costas talked about the, the Astros and their World Series win. We can look at that. We can look at the full free agent list in Major League Baseball because it's out and the Yankees have half their team, it feels like, are free agents. So we can discuss that. But we can also discuss a wacky and weird, wild week nine in the NFL. Bills, Jets, Green Bay, Detroit, uh, Minnesota 7-1. and one. As you heard Andrew Minson, the Rams in Tampa played an awfully good weirdly bad and entertaining game and and I got into it a little bit with Titan Hugo on the discord about the Titans and with Mark G about Justin Fields and we can talk about that as well we also have football we have I mean college football we got Tennessee and Georgia played we got to discuss that uh Bama and LSU was wild um SMU and U of H had an interesting game nonetheless I don't know what's wrong with my Aggies uh, Notre Dame put it on Clemson so we can get into all that. We haven't even scratched the surface on baseball yet with Kyrie and everything else. So tons of sports left for today, tomorrow, and the rest of the week. You don't need to go anywhere. I, however, I'm going to go pee. Uh, I'm going to get a refill of my Diet Coke, and we will pick this up on the other side of this very, very 
very short break. And I owe you a cat, too. Uh, who was it that redeemed to get a cat? Who was that? That was Fidel. Fidel, I will grab you a cat. Last time it was Oliver, so I'll probably just grab uh, just grab uh, 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 Spency if I can find him for you. So we'll do all that and more right after this very fast break. Do not go anywhere. This is Barry on Deck. I'm your host, Barry Lamanac. Folks, stick around. Two minutes, three minutes max. We're right back at it right after this. Go grab a friend and let's watch the show together. Uh, see you in a sec. for sticking around through the break those of you that did those of you that didn't can go have sex with yourself because i went and got this little guy we had a uh go get a cat channel point used so i went and got my little boy spencer my sweet little shy nervous um he always gets freaked out man this little spencer boy right here right papa i know look so 
This is Spencer. You guys might know him as Wyoming. We adopted him from the uh, uh, Special Pals. Hey, Bubba. And he hates uh, when you talk to him. He doesn't want to look at you at all. See how he won't look at me? Look, watch. Hey, dude, what's up? Are you you want to say hi to the people? No. No, you don't want to do that? I love you. I love you. My sweet boy. So I brought Spencey's toy. He loves. We have bought this cat uh, a million different toys. We spent millions of dollars on toys. But his favorite toy is this. It's a garbage bag. And he likes to play catch. And he will fetch it and bring it back to you. So let's see if he does this. He gets garbage. We have a box of garbage bags that we use for litter. And he will get them out and bring them to you. And Nora like the way she balls them up. So. Let's see if he'll bring it back. That's what he loves. That's his thing. That's his. Come on. No one get the, get the bag. You're going to make me look bad now, huh? You're going to make me look bad now? Okay. See? It's... <sighs> Ragged ass cat. Um, do you bathe them? No. No. They're cats. They bathe themselves. Why? No. I don't. I mean, every, like, six years, Nora will bathe a cat. No, I'm not bathing them. Uh, what does this say? Uh, let's see. Uh, what does Cece say? Chris Reyes, my fat self, is at five since they came out. What? What? Did Ray, what? what is happening in the chat? I don't know what's going down. Uh, oh, what's up, Celio? Good to see you. JV is gone, right? Ah, that's a good question. Let me close this door real quick. Okay, you don't want to play catch. Bye. That's a good question, actually. That's that's one of the real questions we need to talk about when it comes to the Astros. What are you? Uh, what are they going to do in free agency going forward? Um, here are your list of Astros free agents. I uh, I have that in front of me. Let's see here. Astros of free agents. Wrong resize. There you go. So these are all of the free agents. Uh, Verlander has a player option. He'll be opting out of that. He won't. He won't be using that. Uh, Michael Brantley's a free agent. Will Smith is under a club option. I think they opt out of that. They don't want to pay Will Smith thirteen million. Uh, Trey Mancini is a free agent. Yuli Gurriel is a free agent. Martin Maldonado is a free agent. Christian Vasquez is a free agent. By the way, one thing we didn't discuss was we talked about moves and 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 Dusty making the right moves at the right times. And let's give credit to Dusty Baker for making the right move in game six by putting Christian Vasquez in at DH. I thought that was brilliant. I, that's not even a move I had even considered or thought about. But when he did it, I was like, yo, that makes a ton of sense. Now, you got to worry about injuries and everything else, but you can always move guys in and lose the DH if you wanted to and manage it that way at the end of the day. But I felt like that was a shrewd move in a game six when you're trying to get some offensive momentum or keep some offensive momentum going, especially when you know everybody else that you've slotted in that DH spot outside of Jordan and even Jordan wasn't hitting so well done and uh smart move by dusty to put vasquez in a dh uh but he's also gone Aledmus diaz could be gone jason castro i mean you have all three of your starting catchers could be gone uh i think this team brings back martin maldonado 
But I also think there's rumors out there because William Contreras uh, is a free agent, and that's who James Click tried to trade for, and that's who James Click wanted to send Arquiti to the Cubs for was William Contreras, and he was going to be the Christian Vasquez of this team. Uh, but that didn't happen. It was overruled by Dusty, who said, look, man, I don't need an ego in this locker room. Contreras is a, is a free agent. I don't need that. He's going to be wanting his stats, and he's not going to play in front of Martin Maldonado. And you could say the same thing about Christian Vasquez, but I think it was different uh, in a lot of ways because I think they were trying to get uh, – Vasquez was <clears throat> trying to get, you know, a, um, a a ring. And I think that, too, with him, it just seemed different. And he was more known more to be a team player. So, um, Alemis Diaz is a free agent. Castro, Rafael Montero is a free agent. They've got to lock him up. And then Franklin, Franklin Barreto. I don't know who the hell that is. So, of this list, I think that they lock up Montero. Um, I don't know about Aledmus Diaz. I think your new Aledmus Diaz was your Marwin Gonzalez. And I think that Dubon will be your Aledmus Diaz. I think that they'll get him playing short and third and second and first and teaching him the outfield. And he will be a cheaper version of Aledmus Diaz who maybe hits a little better. I don't know. But I think that'll be your utility guy. I don't think they bring him back. Um, Christian Vasquez. I don't think they're bringing him back, but I think that they'll bring back Maldonado. There's rumors, again, that they're going to go after uh, William Contreras, but I think if it was nixed once, it might be nixed again. And I think Maldonado knows that, you know, I think they know Maldonado is still uh, a viable option at catcher. They showed no signs of slowing down uh, behind the plate, and he means a ton to that staff. So I I don't think that's bad money to bring back Maldonado. Yuli is an interesting one, right? Yuli's 38. He's going to want at least a two- to three-year deal. I don't know how much. Uh, his market value, according to Spot Track, is $15 million. I'm not sure I would pay $15 million for Yuli at this point at 38. I think you have some other options that you could put in. Shelby! What's up, girl? Welcome to the program. Welcome to the show, Shelpsters. Thank you for the 500 bits. Appreciate you. Um, but here's like who they liken him to. Uh, Nelson Cruz and Yadier Molina, Kurt Suzuki, Justin Turner. That's all who uh, Yuli's statistics compared to. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm willing to pay that money. But, you know, Yuli is, I'll tell you what, this right there means a ton. Steve-O, thank you for the five bids, buddy. My friend. Um, here's the big thing, though. Yuli is important, and he's kind of the the grandpa of, you know, Cuban players, and, and they all look up to Yuli, and they that this is why the Astros have a good pipeline of Cuban players, and it partly is because of Yuli. I mean, Jordan is here. He's a Cuban player, so... Uh, but I think that that might be more than anything why they would keep Yuli around. I don't think Yuli's washed. You know, I don't think he's washed. You look at current contract, uh, he's ninth. I would like to see, uh, let me let me pull up his stats here. Let's go ESPN. Now, he got hot as hell in the playoffs, and that, that, that was a big help uh, as far as, you know, what he, what he was or what he meant to this organization. Um, oops, but if we pull up American league first baseman, 
And these are like qualifying stats. So, um, you know, Yuli had eight home runs on the season. It, it, it wasn't really that pretty in that regard. His power numbers were way, way down. It was 30, tied for 32nd home runs. 53 RBIs was way, way down. Um, he had a really down year overall. Especially when you look at year-over-year statistics. I mean, you know, he, he went from 31 in 2019. 2020 was the, the bubble season, so you don't hold that against him. But he ends up at 143 games, over 500 at-bats, 15 home runs, 81 RBIs. Not bad. Uh, 319 wins a batting title and then falls off the map at 242. Don't know what that was. Is it age? Is it whatever? But that'll certainly come into play. And they'll certainly, trust me, the Astros will use that against him when it comes time to negotiate. You, you hit 242, bud. You're 319, your career 284 hitter. I mean, we're worried at 38, you're washed. <laughs> Cisco said, hey, Barry, can we talk potential Rangers offseason moves? Psych! Uh, your dog's going to keep Yuli like a pet. Uh, good luck charm. I could see that. If they want Yuli as a backup, you think he stays? Yeah, I think if Yuli, but you don't keep a backup first baseman. Like that, right? Like your backup first baseman is an Oledmus Diaz or a Marwin Gonzalez. And, and and the Astros, the way that they do their lineups and the way that they do their teams, that's the kind of guy you want. Um, I mean, if you look at this team, let's go to Astros uh, depth chart. They may not have some of these guys on just because of free agency. But see, yeah, they have Trey Mancini now listed as first base because Yuli is a free agent. So, um, but... I. I think, and I thought, I thought, uh, well, maybe Mancini just hasn't uh, flexed his free agency yet. Oh, what is the gold? Oh, mutual option. Oh, gotcha. So, I mean, look, you could bring back Trey Mancini to be your first baseman. Uh, I don't know. You got you got plenty of money to spend. I saw Michael Schwab, Schwab or Schwarber or whatever, Schwab. I don't know his name, but he talked about the Astros salary cap. So we can look at that. Let's look at uh, team spending. Actually, let's go to MLB, not free agents, team payroll. There you go. Astros have the fifth highest payroll in baseball as of going into 2023. The luxury tax is something like 260 million, I believe. What is the luxury tax? 2023. Let's see. There we go. Luxury tax payrolls. So your luxury tax payroll, this is how much space they have um, under the luxury tax. They're at 148 right now. And there's your luxury tax, 233. So they have a ton of room to maneuver. Them and the Yankees and the Rockies, the Braves, the Mets, these are all the top five. So you figure an, an Astros team that just won a World Series still has a ton of room to maneuver, and it's not a hard and fast salary cap either. It just means you're going to pay a, a higher premium or a tax when you go over that $233 million threshold. But then also, your owner has to want to pay that, right? Some owners might be willing to do that. The Yankees have been known to go over the, the luxury tax when, when necessary. A lot of owners don't want to throw bad money, though, so they don't. Alex Villanueva said, if Mancini's getting Timo, you might as well keep Yuli. Mancini probably hit worse than Yuli at the end. I'd take Trey over Yuli. Plays left field, too. That's a that's a good point, hockey fan. 
Um, Mancini did a great job at first base defensively. Um, when is Porchop Pena due to get paid? Oh, well, we're going to get to that too. It's going to be a second. But um, when you look at the Astros payroll and you look at this team, so they have plenty of money to play with. So let's talk first and foremost about what are they going to do about Justin Verlander? Um, because he's the most notable free agent on this list, and will they bring him back? I, as as uh, Dez and I talked about on this show, I don't think the Astros need to bring back Justin Verlander. Would I be upset if they did? Absolutely not. I would love to have him back. But his market value as a pitcher, he's going to have another Cy Young award under his belt. With the when you look at statistically how he ranked in all these different categories and how good he was this year, especially bouncing back from the injury, he's going to be one year removed from that. Also a year older, but that's okay because the dude shows no signs of slowing down. He's the market says he should get two years, eighty three million, forty one point seven five million per year. I think that's too much money to pay. But I think Jim Crane is going to pay that. I think Jim Crane loves Justin Verlander. Dez and I talked about that on this show. But I also think when you look at the Astros starting five rotation without Justin Verlander, this team is still a World Series contender day one. If Fromber's your one, let's go ahead and call it. Christian Javier is your two. Lance McCullers is your three. Luis Garcia is your four, and Jose Urquidy is your five with Hunter Brown waiting in the wings. As a six, as a backup, the bullpen is pretty much all on lockdown based on those free agency, uh, uh, based on this free agency other than Montero, who you could easily sign his net, his value is $8 million. Cool. Give him that. So if they do not re-sign Justin Verlander, this is not a case where Astro fan needs to panic because he's not back in the rotation. If they do resign Justin Verlander, what you have to understand is this is going to limit the moves that they can make elsewhere. And when you look at a list of free agents, there's some sexy names out there, right? They're going to need a left fielder. You don't really need to replace uh, Justin Verlander in your rotation. The really the only arm you're replacing in that bullpen is Montero, and you can sign him to hell. Give him ten million. I don't give a shit. That's fine. So you need a catcher. You're going to need a left fielder, and depending on how you think about it, you might need a first baseman and a center fielder. And that brings us to well, hell, let's just look at all the free agents that exist. Let's just let's just see all of the free agents out there and let's go through some of these categories. Now, Edwin Diaz has already signed a deal with the Mets. They just spent crazy money on him as a closer. Crazy money. If you're the Astros, you're going to take some of that Justin Verlander money that you might not spend and give it to Pena because he's a World Series MVP. You're going to get him locked up. Even though, even though he's literally, he's still under team control. He's not even into his arbitration, the arbitration part of his, uh, his, uh, what's it called? Contract yet. I mean, Pena's contract is so team-friendly right now, considering where he is. I mean, look, he's under team control for 2023. He's under team control for 2024. Then he's got three years of arbitration, and then he can become a free agent. So their numbers for Jeremy Pena through 2027 will be suppressed based on what he's probably worth or will be worth. I mean, you just paid 700K 
for the ALCS and World Series MVP and Gold Glove rookie. Yeah. But this team has done a good job uh, in the past of getting guys locked up early when they've shown the potential, like a Bregman, like a McCullers, like a Jordan. This team does a good job of that, and I think that they're going to probably do the same with Jeremy Pena because you can say what you want about replacing guys. Eventually, that shit runs out, especially when you consider that this is a team that lost their first and second round draft picks over two years. That stings. That hurts. A lot of these cats you see are those first and second round picks. So there's going to be a dip in that, I'm sure. Um, so you're going to have to spend some money on Pena, but maybe not this year because he's fully under team control. But do you really want to have him running out there making 700K? Because what ends up happening is he gets salty. Uh, I got to take this hat off. He ends up getting salty like um, uh, Correa kind of was. Correa wanted to get paid. You didn't take care of him. That's That was all this. It's my time now. I've been a good team player. It's my time now. That's what that shit was. So, let's start with, um, we know that the Astros really don't need rotational help. They really don't need bullpen help. So, let's address the positions where they're going to need help. Let's start with catcher. I mentioned that William Contreras was a free agent. He's the big free agent name. Do you want to bring him back and, and pay $16 million? Or are you trying to bring back Maldonado on a deal at $5 million? And I don't know if Vasquez even wants to come back. He might just want to go back to Boston for all I know. Um, but yeah, there are there are other guys that you can bring in serviceable names to be backups. But your 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 starter is good needs to be one of these cats. Definitely not Gary Sanchez, but I think if you like Wilson Contreras, cool. He's not a good defensive catcher, though, I'll tell you that. So whoever you bring in as his backup better be really good behind the plate. He can hit. He can hit. So you're, you're basically flip-flopping. I don't know how he is handling uh, players or uh, arms and, and pitchers, but I know he can hit. But what I think this team likes about Martin Maldonado is they'll fade a, you know, to a guy hitting 200 in the nine hole based off of what he brings to the rotation and to the, to the relievers and how he handles the game uh, pitch by pitch. Vasquez is an outstanding uh, defensive catcher and hitter. He's kind of the best of both worlds, in my opinion. Contreras is a great hitter, bad catcher. Maldonado is a great catcher, bad hitter. Vasquez falls somewhere in between and might be the best, the best value of the three. So there's my opinion on that. Um, so who do I think they should do? I think they're going to re-sign Maldi. I don't know why you would upset the apple cart with that pitching rotation. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Bring Maldi back. You got enough bats in that lineup. Uh, over at first base, what are you going to do? Because you got Yuli leaving. You got uh, potentially, you got Trey Mancini leaving. Potentially, there's both of those cats. If you brought them both back, that's going to cost you about $33 million. No way they're doing that. But you could look at other names. And, hey, could you bring in an Anthony Rizzo for both of those cats? I don't think that's worth it either. I think you want to spend good money there. <laughs> Flips at Vasquez has a woman body. Yeah, I'm not impressed with Josh Bell. I don't think that's a good... I don't like Josh Bell. No, thanks. I think he's overpaid at, at $18 million. I mean, I'd rather just bring Yuli back, right? It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Um, I mean, I, at this point, I'd rather bring uh, Yuli back than Josh Bell, even though he's eight years younger. 
there's not a there's not a ton of names on here that I just look at and go, oh, is, this is a must have. Uh, everybody's kind of old at first, right? I mean, Miguel Sano is 29. That's not a bad. Uh, that's not a bad guy to have, but I don't know. At this point, I think you look at this and you ask Trey, do you want to come back or do you want to go back to Baltimore and finish up your career and let him decide? Because that was a mutual option thing, right? Uh, Yuli, maybe you just tell Yuli, hey, bro, we, I, we can't pay you what you think you're worth. You're 38 and you had a down year. So I don't know. I I think you see Yuli back, but not at this fifteen million. I think he gets a slight bump. Um, but don't be surprised if he's not, though, folks. Now, this is a team that let George Springer walk, that let Carlos Correa walk. You really think they're not going to let Yuli Gurriel walk? They will, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I on this list, you know, I think I'd be I'd be fine with Rizzo. I'd be fine with Sano, Jose Abreu, but these are guys that high strikeout names too. The one thing I liked about Yuli is he fit this club's MO, which is just get hits, keep the line moving. You ain't got to, you know, you, you ain't got you, you to oppress us with a ton of power. Just get on base. So those guys kind of are the opposite in a lot of ways. Uh, what, is, what was Abreu's stats? Let's see here. Numbers-wise... Oh, yeah, he did have a good average this year. Okay. Uh, hit 304, 15 home runs, had 157 games, 600 at-bats. That's a, that's a pretty decent year, actually. That's a pretty decent year. But that's kind of Yuli's numbers, right? 1575, except for the 304. Um, I mean, that's about what Yuli did, and you don't have to pay the, uh, the extra bump. He's a little younger. Right? But Abreu's worth nine. Yuli's worth... 15, you don't have to pay the extra. I mean, you're basically paying for, for Abreu what you would be for uh, Yuli if you agree if you believe in this market value. I don't know. Brandon Belt is $16 million. I doubt they would ever do something like that. I think San Francisco probably signs him again. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, he had the 78 games. He missed a lot. Uh, but you can see he has the ton of potential um, of 29 and 59 in, in 2021. That's pretty dang good. So a ton of potential, but I, I'm not uh, – this team doesn't need to be taking flyers on, dude. You need to be any, – any free agent slot you have needs to be filled with a guy that you can count on. So first base is going to be interesting, kind of up in the air on that. Let's take a look at center fielder. I, I still think if you can find a better option than Chaz McCormick, you go do it. Kevin Kiermeyer's not the guy. Kevin Pillar's not the guy. I mean, there's just not a ton in in, in uh, center. Okay, so you probably stand pat with Chaz McCormick at a really good rate. Let's take a look at left field and see what you got over there. <clears throat> Was this a just looked up spot track and had Yuli at seven million? It ranked all first baseman. Well, they're saying his market value's at eighteen or whatever. Uh, so you got Brantley and left. I feel like they might bring him back just because of the clubhouse guy that he is. Um, yeah, I could, I, I feel like that that's the move for them, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it again. <clears throat> but uncle Mike, probably the move still 35, but boy, especially after this, this world series and what he did and the, the speech and all that, they're all gung ho. 
Uh, Andrew Benintendi is a uh, is a free agent, former Yankee. Um, and some of the names on here: uh, Jerkson Profar, okay. Uh, Jock Peterson, okay. I mean, they got that kind of experience. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, a lot of these names aren't that sexy to me. Uh, or they're old, like Joey Gallo. I have no no inclination of wanting him. Uh, but I, I mean, look. For example, if you look at Ben Intendi, right? Guy that started off with the Red Sox was supposed to be a world beater. Didn't didn't really do a lot. He had the, the second. That was the 2017 season. He had 20 and 90, but really been unable to replicate that since. And is this really who you're spending all that money for? Eh, I'm not. I wouldn't. Um. But yeah, I mean that's that's a. There's no sexy names out there. So if you bring Brantley back, cool. There's not a name where I'm like, oh, you got to. You know what I mean? I mean, now, right field, yeah, if you wanted to move Tucker to left and try to go take a run at Aaron Judge or some shit like that, but, eh. Eh. So there you go. There's some of your free agents and some of the main spots that they need help. First base, left field, possibly center field, and catcher. I don't think they'll do anything. I think Chaz is coming back. Um, You might put get some... Um, What's his name? You might get some, uh, um, you know, quality help. But um, I think that you could see a new first baseman on the team. But then again, listen, there's nothing wrong with running it back. It's the best, you know, best team of baseball. And that was without a Michael Brantley to stop the bleeding a lot of times. Uh, Total Dallas said uh, on Around the Horn just now, they said Astros victory is a win for analytics. Yeah, because they don't just throw stupid money at guys. Was that say damn fire forward? What is that? Profar staying in San Diego? Okay. Uh, Did you see Dusty finished filling on the scorecard before celebrating? Yes, hilarious. So, Jared, do you have a link? Let me see. Uh, What's up, Chase? Uh, I'm on spot. So I'm on spot track. Steve. Thank you for the other bits, buddy. Yeah, I'm on spot track. I don't see the first baseman rankings. Let's go to uh, MLB. Are you doing salary rankings by position or free agents? Because if you do salaries by position, yeah, Yuli's Yuli's not uh, top salary. Let's see. No, oh, that's team. So we just want to see. Salary rankings by position. <laughs> um, yeah, see. So here you go. You said they have him seventh, but not by value. Um, I mean, this is this is current contracts, right? What were you saying? Uh, let's see. What was what was Jared saying? Where was it? Just look at Spot Track and had Yuli at seven million. <clears throat> um. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is. Oh, hold on. We just go to Yuli. So that was, let's see. 
market value. Yeah, see, his market value, they have him at $15 million. Now, maybe that changes, but uh, that's an average salary of, what is this? Oh, that's his current contract. That's why you're seeing that. Yeah, current contract is $7 million on average. On average. Yeah, no, he's not at 15. I was saying that's his that's his market value. They do market value based on statistically <clears throat> where he compares to people in his statistical neighborhood. So what SpotTrack does is, and they're pretty decent about it, what they'll do is they'll go in and estimate, all right, this guy's numbers and performance and everything else over the last year or two years or whatever is near these other guys at his position, and this is what they make, so this is probably what he's worth. They have a whole formula that they use to determine value. That's what I was saying. So $15 million is his his market value, excuse me. I mean, his current contract is $8 million. Um, but his his market value places him at 15, which is a lot. Yeah, exactly. And well, because if you compare him statistically over the last couple of years, as an, on average, right? That's why. And plus, there's just not a, you know, I mean, first base right now overall. I don't think first base is one of those sexy positions right now in baseball. And then they're they're also taking into account age. Uh, so they're looking at that as well, right? So you're looking at, you know, 14-9 for Justin Turner and Cruz Molina. So, you know, they're looking at his age too. So that's, so that factors in, I don't know the formula. I'm just telling you, they, they come up with these numbers a certain way. Like this kind of shows you, right? Um, what he would be worth. So there you go. Two years, average term, 15 million. So that's why they're arriving at, at JV being worth 41. Cause statistically, holy shit. So there you go. Um, all right, that's free agency as as uh, for the Astros. In general, though, when you look at free agents, if we just look at all positions for coming up free agency, let's see where's my tracker tool. There it is. Here are all of the free agents going into 2023 um, ranked, and we'll rank this again by value. And that'll give you an idea, too. Holy shit. Uh, let's scroll over there, and then we'll come back up and sort by market value. Uh, uh, average salary. Oh, 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 there we go. Um, oh, they didn't even do that. Let's see. Is this not... Is this not going to sort by market value? Hmm. No, I guess not. Um. So there you go. So, yeah, Edwin Diaz is the only one that's signed so far with the Mets. Oh, Eric, we've been talking baseball all day, bro. Been talking baseball all day. Uh. All right, so you can see, like, Correa's market value is $31 million. Jacob deGrom's at 41 Justin Verlander's at 41 Carlos Rodon's at 31, right? J.D. Martinez is at 15. So these are all free agents. These are free agents that have declared for free agency, and the only one that has signed so far uh, is Edwin Diaz, and he signed that five-year deal for $20 million a year, which is ridiculous for a closer, by the way. Stupid. Uh, but there you go. So, like, there's a lot of big names, right? A Aaron Judge, Xander Bogarts, uh, Trey Turner's out there now. Uh, Verlander, DeGrom, Carlos Correa. So there's a ton of names. There's a ton uh, of, of 
um, big name free agents out there. And they do this alphabetically, but I really want average salary. And see, they're not going to, that just kind of pisses me off. They need a better way to sort this. But so there you go. There's your full free agent list. Um, the Athletic had a, um, the, the top 25 free agents. Um, in, in case you gave a shit about their opinion on any of it. And so they have Judge at one. They say he's the top free agent on the market. And he is. He absolutely is. Uh, Jacob DeGrom is two. Justin Verlander is three. Carlos Correa is four. And Trey Turner is five. So there's your top five free agents on the market. Two starters, uh, two shortstops, and a right fielder. And there you go. So there's your top five uh, MLB free agents. If you want the full list, uh, Xander Bogarts is six. Uh, Carlos Rodon is seven. Edwin Diaz is eight. Uh, and he's locked up now. Dansby Swanson, nine. Uh, Kodai Singa is out of Japan. He's 10. Clayton Kershaw is 11. Wilson Contreras, there's the name we keep talking about uh, associated with the Astros at 12. You can see he's on their list. Cardinals, Cubs, Astros, Red Sox. Um, it says, is the best free agent catcher. He should be able to land a contract that's between four years, 73 million um, that Yasmani Grandal signed in 2019 and the four-year 82 million that Salvador Perez signed in the in 2021. He had 243, 349, 466 with 23 doubles, 22 home runs. He ranked in the 90th percentile in hard hit rate. Four-year 78 million is what they're saying. That's just, man, <clears throat> that's a lot. Uh, Nathan Avaldi, Chris Bassett. Is uh is on that list and James Ta- uh Tyon uh uh Brandon Nemo, uh a center fielder, is twenty nine now. You got Andrew Benintendi, who we talked about at seventeen. Jose Abreu at first base at eighteen. Or here's where his his numbers. Let's see. Thirty five. He had a four point two WAR. Okay. Uh, Anthony Rizzo at first base. He was thirty three at a two point three WAR. Zach Eflin. Uh, we heard uh, Andrew uh, Clay talking about him earlier. Michael Conforto at 21. Kenley Jansen at 22. Martin Perez, 23. Some of these names I don't give a shit about. Tyler Anderson at 24. And Josh Bell. Somebody mentioned in the chat earlier liking his uh, <clears throat> prospects as a switch hitter. I'm just not a big Josh Bell guy. But could be worse, I guess, right? So there you go. Uh, there's your free agent list. All right. That puts a cap on the baseball talk. Barry on deck 610. Speaking of free agents, Barry is funny. 790. Uh, did the Mets pay a lot for Diaz? Well, yes. They weighed. Yes. Edwin Diaz, that uh, uh, 20 million a year for five years for a closer. Ridiculous. A guy that, yeah. Heck yeah. See, Crystal knows. Crystal, thank you for the resub, sweetie. Yeah, the Mets way overpaid, but they don't give a shit about that because they have the pocketbooks to do so with the new owner. So they're throwing ridiculous money at free agents, and Edwin Diaz is the guy they wanted to get locked back up again. So, yeah, the Mets definitely overpaid for Diaz. He's good. Don't get me wrong. He was the top closer on the market, um, but I don't think you needed to pay that much. But, But they did. Um, what is the next closest closer? Let's go look at the closer market real quick. Let's see. MLB. Uh, not value rankings, position payroll, 
contracts by position. Here we go. Um, nope, not catcher. We want uh, closers. All teams active. Update. Good talk, guys. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Uh, what's this? Top salaries. Here we go. Top average salary. We'll just do this. There we go. There we go. I don't know why this looks like this. Oh, that's 2023? Nah, we want to do 2022 at least. Let's see. They should have everybody. Here you go. So Liam Hendricks was averaging 18, but I don't know what his contract is. Was it a one-year deal, which would be different? Yeah, okay. So he was at 11, then 13, then 14, and then he's got the uh, a club option. For 2024 so he's that's what his average is and that that number gets bumped up by that so it was a ginormous deal at 20 million for a closer ginormous um which where was he on this list before shit i don't even see him on here yep i don't see him uh, so here's the, but these are the average salaries. These are the average salaries, 18 and 16 and 15, Ryan Presley. So, I mean, Ryan Presley is one of the best in the business making 15. So it was a lot of money. It was a lot of money indeed. What does that say? Sub. Oh, Chica Chula said Chris, Chris Mina, Christopher Mina. Thank you for the sub. Uh, I think that was from Chris Mina, not Christopher Mina. We have two Christopher Minas. Uh, uh, Chula. We have Chris Mina and Christopher Mina. They are cousins, but they are two different peoples. Uh, so there you go. There's a closer market. I, I hope I answered your question, Eric. At the end of the day, the question was, did the Mets pay a lot? Yes, they overpaid. Uh, speaking of free agents, Barry on deck, or excuse me, speaking of free agents, Barry is funny. Seven ninety. No, they are in a hiring freeze. That's what I was told. Was there discussions? Maybe. But I was told they were in a hiring freeze, so not happening. Um, the 610 hasn't even shown interest, and we really haven't talked. Montero's going to get paid in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's definitely going to get paid, and he can thank the Astros for that because he was garbage before he got here. All right, uh, before we go any further, and we are going to talk NFL Week 9 for the rest of the show. We got we got to, got to, got to. Um, what did I not use? All right, I think I got everything. Speaking of Mina, speaking of Chris Mina and Christopher Mina, uh oh, thank you for the heads up. Podbean died. Rest in peace to the Podbean. End stream. Yes. Exit. Free up those system resources. Uh, speaking of Chris Mina, Christopher Mina, don't forget to buy your lottery tickets for tonight's drawing. Yeah, good point. 1.9 billion. Let me tell you what. Man, if I won $1.9 billion, the Barry on Deck Studios would be litty. We'd have stripper poles. I'd fucking have a dolphin tank. I wouldn't give a fuck. I'd have a goddamn dolphin tank in the back. Oh, my God. It'd be ridiculous. Ridiculous. And that's, yeah, $1.9 I'm still doing the show. 
No, not. Uh, are you live on YouTube too? I was. So to start the show, I'm doing some experiment with Twitch for the first 30 minutes of the show for the next two weeks. I'll be going live on YouTube for 30 minutes or so just to kind of promote that we're live on Twitch and to come on over. That's what we're doing over there. Steve-O! Uh, excuse me. Thank you for the 69 bits, homie. Appreciate you. Everyone in the chat would get $1 million if I win the lotto. Look at you, homie. Nora would be like, uh oh, you ain't giving away our money. I'd be like, babe, we kind of owe them all. They've been supporting this show. I wouldn't tell her. I would just do it. Uh, but speaking of that, and speaking of Mina, uh, I got to give a shout out. My dude, my guy, Chris Mina, upgraded his Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Barry on deck. It's a great way to support the show. Make sure that we can keep this thing going. It is difficult to do this with no salary or income. I'll just be honest with you. This isn't a show I can just do for free. We don't have a ton of advertising. Um, so it relies on you guys, you guys, uh, to be able to do this show. So if you like the show and enjoy the show, there's a ton of different ways you can support the show. A lot of you send bits, which really helps. A lot of you subscribe here on Twitch, which helps. Um, a big way, though, is to do it on Patreon. And listen, I try to make it worth your while, and I'm always looking for ways to p put value into uh, the Patreon and being a member of it. So I do that by, by giving out swag. And uh, when you sign up, I give out swag, um, so you get all kind of cool shit. And then periodically, I send, um, I send uh, merch. I send cool shit. So we'll send you a, 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 a mouse pad. Was one of the things that some folks got. So we got the, some folks got the Barry on Deck mouse pad for being a member on Patreon. We did, uh, we did keychains. Uh, some folks got keychains as a, a as a thank as a thank you for being a member of the Barry on Deck Patreon. So, yeah, I send out all kind of swag and shit at least once a year, depending on your um, your the level you're joined at, sometimes twice a year. So, uh, But shout out and thank you to Chris Mena, who signed to upgrade it, I should say, uh, to the Sally Struthers level, which isn't an official level. I just want to point that out. Uh, this was created by, uh, who was it that did it first? Joe Pro. Joe Pro invented the Sally Struthers level. He was like, look, Labanek, I love you. Um, you do 20 shows a week. To me, your show was worth a dollar a show. If I was to have to pay a dollar per show, it would be worth it. And so he said, I'm going to bump up my Patreon membership from the, there's two tiers on Patreon, five and $10. And he was like, you know what? It's worth it. So he said, I'm going to invent what I'm going to, so for a dollar a day, I will support a fledgling YouTube fuckface. That was back when we were on YouTube. So he just said, okay, this is the Sally Struthers level, and Joe Pro just started paying 20 bucks a month on Patreon to support the show. And then several others of you uh, followed suit. There are like six Sally Struthers members, if I got this right. So uh, Jamal, a.k.a. Justin out in Denver, just signed up on Sally Struthers. Now we've got Chris Mina. We have Joe Pro. D-Mata is on the Jeffersons level. He, he went above and beyond the 20 bucks a month. And created his own level called the Jeffersons. We got Josh, aka Seven Thirteen Hooligan. Um, I have to go back and look at the list. Offhand, that's who I remember. There's one or two more. I know we lost one. Uh, let me pull up the Patreon here. Patreon. I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? <sighs> oh, 
Who am I missing? There we go. Let's see. Patrons? Where the hell? What the hell? What in the wad wad? Uh, what is this? What is this? Current? Yeah. Um. Okay. Where the frick does it have the? I don't see it now. God damn it! And I know I'm missing one. Filters. Uh, all tiers. What the hell? What in the hell? Hold on one second. Damn it. Mm. There we go. There it go. Uh, so Justice Swinford, uh, Stephen, uh, no, not Stephen Luther, uh, Justice Swinford, and then Joe Pro, Jeff Bell. Thank you. That was the one I was missing. I was like, where the fuck? I know I'm missing one. Jeff Bell and Josh. So there's our, uh, there's our Sally Struthers members. Uh, and yeah, you can do any amount, but I just have the two tiers set up at 5 and $10 tiers. Uh, but it's dope, and Mr. Mina, I appreciate you, buddy. And we have 104 members of the Patreon. Yeah, Jared Taylor, my bad. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Yes, Jared Taylor. See, I don't, that's the only thing I don't like about Patreon is they don't break it down the way they should break it down. Steve-O said, I'm the redheaded stepchild. No, you're not the redheaded stepchild. I don't know why it didn't break it down, because Jared Taylor is a member of it. So all of the original members of the Sally Struthers level were uh, put on VIP, and that's what Christopher Mina wanted to know. He goes, hey, how do I get VIP? Uh, and I was like, oh, you can get points. You don't have to pay for it. He's like, yeah, but didn't you give it to him? I was like, did I? He goes, bro, I swear I remember um, being, uh, are you doing the Sally Struthers or something like that? There was some level where you gave everybody a pay, uh, uh, on on Twitch VIP. I was like, Oh, you're right. I think I did that for the original VI or for the original Sally Struthers members. He's like, all right. And then he upgraded. And so I made him a VIP. So I'm trying to figure out how do you, boy, I tell you what, Patreon does not make this easy. Filter, active, pledge amount. Let's see. Pledge amount from $11. We'll just do to a hundred dollars. No, like, how do you do this? $30. Is that a month, though? <sighs> this doesn't. This sucks. See, this only pulls up four names, and that's bullshit. It pulls up Justin, Stephen Luther, Jeff Bell, and 713 Hooligan. And that's not, that's all the lifetimes. That's not the currents. I hate you, Patreon. Get your shit together. Let me sort it this way. Let's see. If I sort by current tier, same thing. Yeah, this is such horseshit. I hate you, Patreon. I hate you so much. They don't break it down. They don't. They they just have the tiers that I have listed. Um, and then if you guys are like custom, like if I pull up Josh, it shows his custom level twenty dollars. But it doesn't have it listed in the like the such horseshit, such horseshit. There should be an easier way to break this down. You know who has it is Jen. What I need to do is get the entire list from Jen. She has it. Uh, 
Uh, okay, yeah. See, this is pissing me off. This is making me angry. Because, like you said, yeah, there's so many. I guess technically I started Sally Struthers mid-year and paid in full. Oh, see, that's, yeah, that's the part of the problem. Chris meeting the Mexican George Foreman. Stop it. Uh, wait, I thought I was Sally Struthers. Jared said, oh, okay, Patreon took my money. No, I, that's, I'm telling you, it's just the way that they break it down. There's no way. So because the tiers are only set at five and ten, I don't have a way to go in and go, oh, Here's a list of everyone that like Demata isn't listed and Demata, if I pull him up, his tier is crazy. So it's like, oh, here's Demata. Yeah, Demata's tier is thirty three dollars a month. He's at the, that he called that the Jeffersons level, and it doesn't show me that. It just says, oh, he's a member of the huge deckhead ten dollar tier, and I'm like, no, he's not. He's thirty two ninety nine a month. It's craziness. God damn it. So my bad if I missed you, including Demata. Unbelievable. I apologize. Lord, I apologize. Steve, did I miss you too? See, these sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to get a list. I used to have the scroll that did it. Uh, okay, let's talk some NFL football. We got to do that. But I just wanted to say thank you, Mr. Mina, for upgrading and joining uh, the Sally Struthers level. Much appreciated. Also, you know what? We didn't do this Monday. And God bless it. We got to do it. And uh, some of you are not going to like it, but. Didn't- yeah, baby. We didn't get to do it on Thursday. That's a long ass time ago until now. But speaking of Patreon, we always give shout outs to all of our. <laughs> Steve said, What's my tier? Long talk? That's hilarious, Steve. Uh, no, Jared, I said I'm not doing any more shots. No. House, but I just want to say, Robert, man, uh, homie, I got, I'll do, some, I'll do a diet coke. Robert, buddy, uh, I hope you had a fantastic birthday. Uh, we don't get to see much around these parts anymore, but I still love you. I still appreciate your support, and I hope you had a great birthday. I hope you had a great birthday weekend. Yes, I'll allow it. Because we missed it. And, uh, oh, we got Roadhead for a hand job or whatever it is you're into, buddy. Happy birthday, Robert. Uh. Feels like I'm cheating when I do a Diet Coke shot. Okay, yes. Um, I gotta get a, a new list of the for the Patreon. By the way, if you just signed up for Patreon or you're new, uh, make sure you send Jen your birthday so we can give you a birthday shout. Another benefit. A lot of you uh, watch the show are members of Patreon. And again, it, it is regardless of what tier you're a member of, it is super appreciated. Uh, and it really is how this show is able to stay, stay afloat. Uh, at the same time, uh, BS, Robert deserves a shot. This is the best music in the world. It's so loud. <laughs> Uh, wait, no shots for our resident beer guy. What? What? Steve-O! Thank you for the 69 bits, buddy. 69, I like. Uh, what a day my company car broke down and I got downgraded to lawn talk tier. <laughs> You're not downgraded. 
I just don't I don't have the info in front of me, Steve O. You're not downgraded. You're you'll always be number one in my heart. Always. Also, I saw your post on food. I was like, God damn it, Steve O. Good for you for maintaining the diet. I can't do it. Good for you. Uh happy birthday, King Robert. Stay blessed, bro. Is it Robert Likes Beer's birthday? No, that was Robert Carbajal. That's not that's not Robert Likes Beer. That's not Robert Likes Beer. That's Robert Carbajal. That's a different... Isn't that a different one? Steve-O said, I'm diet. What diet? I'm fat. Didn't I see you uh, post salmon and broccoli or some shit in the Discord? <sighs> yeah, I don't think uh, Robert Carbajal is the same Robert Likes Beer. Yeah, I think that's a different one. If I could be wrong. All right, let's get into some Week 9 NFL, folks. Let's do it. Hold on. Come here. Come here. Holy shnikes, that's a lot of shit going on in this window. Let's get rid of all that because we have a lot of football to discuss and not a whole lot of damn time to discuss it in, actually. We got about 25 minutes-ish left in the show, left in the program, uh, if that. So let's get to it. First of all, let's get rid of this stupid-ass video. Uh, I don't think we need to recap Texans-Eagles. No thanks. No thanks. Uh, AJB, what happened to your Falcons? Super impressive for a while. Mm, did not beat the Chargers. Too damn. I tell you what, let's talk about this game. This was one of the first ones that uh, a lot of people wanted to talk about, and we got a lot of Bears fans and and whatnot. Uh, go Texans! Yeah, it's not that kind of party at all. Flip. They're just bad. Um. Miami gets a win over the Bears. It was an offensive shootout, if you can believe it or not. Tua Tango Vailoa uh, throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns, just obliterating NFL defenses with a, a receiving duo of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And it's not even close. I mean, this this trio is the best trio, right? Now, look, you got dynamic duos, quarterback, wide receiver out there, right? You got Josh Allen and and Stefan Diggs and, 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 and the list goes to Kirk Cousins and uh, 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 Justin Jefferson and we can keep going, right? But the trio, there's not a better receiving duo that I can think of in the NFL right now. And there's certainly not a better trio of quarterback plus two receivers in the NFL that I can think of right now. I mean, we can look at the teams and see if one pops up and comes to mind, but no. Diggs, yeah. Allen and Diggs is a dynamic duo, but not trio. Nope, 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 nope. Great duo. Not trio. Nope, 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 nope. Kelsey and Mahomes, but that's it, right? Nope, nope. Ah, nope, 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 no, no, no. Might be the closest right there, but no, 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 no. Evans and Brady should have been good and, and the rest of that receiving core, but it's just not. No, mm-mm. Cup, that's, no. He's a one-man wrecking crew. Uh, No, but. No, but. You could make a case for a, a, a trio of Garoppolo, Debo, and Christian McCaffrey, but no, that's ridiculous. It's Garoppolo, for goodness sake. 
So as far as a trio goes, name me a better trio than Tua, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle. In the chat, let me let me stop it, Flip. Dak and stop it. Yes, Cousins was lit. Mahomes, Kelsey. Okay, that's a duo. That's not a trio. But that 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 trio. I mean, look at this. Look look at it. You look at this. Look look at this. Combined for two hundred and what twenty eight yards, receiving two touchdowns. Tua's out here just throwing perfect games, going 21 of 30. I mean, Mike McDaniel has this offense clicking when he has all of his weapons. Pretty disgusting. But what we can talk about, Hurts, Brown, and Smith. Really? You would take you would take Brown and Smith over Hill and Waddle? Really? I would take Hurts over Tua probably at this point, but. Yeah, okay, okay. Ain't no but. Tua also missed some games. I'm not saying the Dolphins would be undefeated. But that Philly undefeated thing, I still not. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Philly's Philly's legit, but so are the Dolphins. Uh, and But I'm just talking trio. Just, I mean, because Philly's defense has a lot to do with them winning games. So let's not, let's not get that twisted. But just as an offensive trio, there ain't a better trio in, in the NFL right now than Tua, Hill, and Waddle. And I would have never thought uh, that I would say that. Cheeto on pace for 2,000 yards. Crazy, right? Willis, Woods, and Henry. <laughs> Titan Hugo. We, we have to talk about you and your Titans and my lack of respect for them and my lack of respect for Justin Fields. And that's what the re- probably the remainder of this show is going to be. Hopkins, Ertz, and Murray. Uh uh. Uh No. Uh-uh. Oh, the cold cut trio might be good. No, I, I can't do that. I mean, I get it. Murray's kind of putting up numbers. The Hopkins just got back. I don't even know what Ertz's numbers look like right now. But yeah, the Cardinals are bad, and that's just not a good. No, no. Uh, no, uh, Levert knows what's up. What do you mean? What do you mean? Levert. Uh, so let's talk about Justin Fields because everybody on every station on TV was just gushing over Justin Fields. 178 yards rushing and a touchdown. 17 of 28 for 123 yards and three touchdowns. 95.4 QBR. They're like, this is the best. This is the best. The best. Um, game he's ever played. Bro threw for 123 yards. Like, why? I mean, he doesn't, you know. He threw two less passes than Tua. Two. And didn't even throw for half as many yards. I mean, didn't even hit 150. He had to, he had three touchdowns. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, cool, 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 cool. Um, but what I wanted, what I want to point out, and what I, what I, what I, and I wish Mark G was here. And he's gonna ask me to defend myself and all this bullshit. And no, fam, you, you should have been here for the show because I'm gonna do this discussion whether whether he likes it or not. Um, but I wanna, I wanna, I wanna show you something. Let's see here. I'm going to pull up 
Justin Fields' charts, right? And we're going to take a look at why I lack respect for Justin Fields as an NFL quarterback. Now, as a runner of the football, hey, Justin Fields, is. there's no denying it. There's just, there's just absolutely no denying it, you know? Can he run the ball? Absolutely he can run with the best of them. But let's just take a, a look at him dueling uh, Tua. Let's just take a look at those two guys in this game. And, and Tua's another guy that I was like, nah, I don't believe in Tua. I don't believe in Justin Fields. I don't believe in Mac Jones. I don't believe in Davis Mills. I don't believe in uh, 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 Trey Lance. I mean, there's a ton of guys, these young cats, that I just look at and I go, I'll see it. And Tua was one of those cats. But let me just show you in-game the difference between these two. There's Tua Tango-Vailoa's passing chart week nine versus the Bears. He had three, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, what, three, seven passes behind the line of scrimmage. And the bulk of his passes were split downfield between 10 and 20 yards. Right, the bulk, the majority of his passes were. Justin Fields, meanwhile, everything was everything except, save for what a handful. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of his passes were beyond ten yards down uh, past the line of scrimmage. Eight of his passes were further than ten yards beyond the line of scrimmage. One of them he completed for a touchdown, and one of them he completed. So he was he was two of eight. Beyond 10 yards. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 2 of 8 beyond 10 yards. Past the line of scrimmage. 2 of 8. That's 25%. Completion rate past 10 yards. Not 20. Not downfield. One of them was for a touchdown. Yay. Everything this cat throws is 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 around the line of scrimmage. I'm sorry, I'm not going to respect that dude as a good NFL quarterback. Can he run the ball? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good luck stopping him on the run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't worry, guys, because I've done my homework, because I'm sure I'm not even looking at the chat yet, but wow, what about this guy? What about that guy? And what about this guy? Cool, here's two, it's the same game. Here's his throw chart. Okay, here's his throw chart. Uh, and then if you just want to look at in general, how they rank this year, here's the difference. So if you look at Tua's overall pass charts, I mean, at plus 20 yards, look at that. Tua is a average or above average beyond 20 yards. He is at least average within the line of scrimmage to 20 yards, and I don't know how he's below average uh, here, right? But if you look at Justin Fields, uh, he is uh, above average between 10 and 20 yards, and that's it. He's not even good, like, I don't know, between the line of scrimmage and 10 yards and certainly downfield. Okay. But this is the problem I have is of the majority of what he does is around the line of scrimmage. And if you want to compare him to good uh, quarterbacks, and if you want to see what Jalen Hurts is doing compared to him, here's Jalen Hurts' week nine passing chart against the Texans. Plus 20 yards, he had two throws. But between 10 and 20 and between the line of scrimmage and 10, right? I mean, he completed just about everything. That's an efficient-ass game against a really bad secondary. But but when you compare Jalen Hurts, Tua, and then Justin Fields, you can really see. I mean, look at the, the majority of his shit is just, it's checkdowns. 
And these are all guys that I'm like, I'm not a big believer in these cats. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I just, let's see, here is Josh Allen's week nine pass chart. If you want to look at what the, the, one of the best quarterbacks in football is doing. Okay. He's, he's spreads it out. I mean, he had a few behind the line of scrimmage between 10 and zero and, and 20 yards. He had a few downfield that he, you know, didn't complete. Not impressive. And then you have Patrick Mahomes this week. That's what Patrick Mahomes' pass chart looks like. But, I mean, those are big differences to me when you look at, at just – when you see this over here, that's all check down. That's what that is. This is literally all check down, easy out routes. I mean, look at the bunch right here. I'm sorry. That just – it just doesn't jump off the charts. And then if you want to see it, here is Jalen Hurts's um, overall pass chart compared to those cats. Here's Lamar Jackson. I went and got his. So here you go. That's Justin Fields' pass chart. That's Tua. That's Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's just the one, just the two spots. That's pretty, pretty fucking impressive, actually. There's Lamar Jackson. Okay. Not great. Uh, and then I also have Josh Allen's overall chart. You want to see that compared to Justin Fields? Justin Fields, Josh Allen. And then Mahomes. And there's his overall pass chart. So, I mean, I did plenty of looking into this statistically. How do these guys, how do these, I mean, that's, you know, there's the two best quarterbacks in football, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and what their shit looks like, uh, especially big chunk plays downfield. And look, Allen, Allen might have some people fooled. I saw today on Get Up, uh, Rex Ryan brought up a crazy interesting stat. Or no, it wasn't Rex Ryan, it was the other cat. This is what he said. Josh Allen has the second most interceptions since the start of last season. That's pretty mind-blowing. And the Bills are 2-7 and seven in one-score game since the beginning of 2021. So maybe Josh Allen and the Bills are overhyped. I don't know. I guess we'll see. They got a big win against the Patriots, but it just looks like, I mean, if you watch the games, Allen looked bad. And um, <clears throat> Patrick Mahomes did not. Even though he was playing a pretty tough Titans defense. But he had the magic in the fourth quarter. And this is what he's done for the year. So, I just, I, 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 I'm sorry. When I see Justin Fields' numbers look like this. And then a game chart look like that. I just don't take that cat seriously. I don't think that's good. That's just me. Sorry. Thank you, Alex Villanueva. Arthur upset 10-7. Boy. Uh, the way Fields and Tua are now playing gives me hope for Willis. Chris Reyes said Trey on deck told us. Uh, Tua is real. Are the Jets for real, Titan Hugo says. I, I tell you what, at this point, Titan Hugo, they're another team that I would be like, no, you gotta, it's hard to say that they're not. I don't know, Zach Wilson might be holding them back even more. But, man, they can run the football. Zach Wilson isn't impressive. I don't – that dude doesn't do it for me. But they're, defensively, they're they're really good. And they can run the ball. And some teams seem to think that that's all they need now. I mean, look at the Bears. They're trying to build a, you know, build on the defensive side of the ball, and they're going to run the ball. They're one of the worst passing offenses in football. 
but they're the best rushing defense or rushing offense in football. The same thing with the Titans. Titans have a great defense and they're going to run the ball. They're not going to pass well, but they're going to run the ball. So the Jets, they're, they're kind of falling into that mold, right? Run the ball, good defense. You don't need a great quarterback. But I don't know. I, I, at this point, I'll say this. The question marks are, are the Eagles for real? Yes. Are the Jets for real? Yes. Uh, are, the, are the Vikings for real? Yes. I mean, you can't get this far in the season and be fake. Now, could they, could they fold down the stretch? Absolutely. Could some of these teams that are limping along get hot like the Bucs and the Rams? Absolutely. But I don't think what Miami is doing with Tua now, with Tua in the lineup, which is weird to say, that's not a fluke. Uh, the Jets now, the way they sit in that division that they're in and they just beat the Bills, that's not a fluke. That is not a fluke. Um, you know, it's not like that they got lucky. And I'll, I'll put it this way. Like, Titan Hugo asked for respect for the Titans. And he was like, you know, do you respect them now? Because you had a rookie QB and they took them to overtime. Well, first of all, didn't Butker miss a field goal and an extra point? A game should have never been to overtime. If he does his job, that's 21-17 before the, before the end of the fourth quarter. But I think the Titans, at times, as one-dimensional as they are offensively, deserve some respect for what they're able to do. I think Mike Vrabel's a hell of a coach. And I think that's a really good defense. But I don't know, man. I mean, there's a lot of one-dimensional teams, and I keep shitting on them, and maybe that's what, like what Perry or Amos said. That's today's NFL. Uh, Amos said that that's today's NFL. This is exactly what the Saints did with Breeze. Dink and dunk and let your dynamic player get loose and take three or four deep shots a game. Yeah, but is it though? Is it? That's not, that's not today's NFL. I mean, when you talk about the upper echelon teams, that's not what they do. The Chiefs, the Bills, the Bucks when they were good, the Rams weren't dinking and dunking. I think that's teams being smart and playing to the strengths and weaknesses of their quarterbacks, right? I mean, that was the most brilliant thing that the Falcons ever did was just look at Mariota and go, okay, you're not taking the lid off of any defense in the NFL, so let's let you run this shit like you're back in college and see what happens. And I think teams are getting smart and not trying to, you know, square peg round hole a lot of these quarterbacks. Remember back in the day when they would try to force a running quarterback to stay in the pocket. That was the old school method and why a lot of those quarterbacks failed back then. I I tell you who deserves the credit for maybe this current wave of quarterbacks and how they do it is, is Amos said you're talking about three of 32 teams. Yeah. The three best, the four best of the 32 teams, Amos, the four best. Bills, Chiefs, Bucks, Rams, the four best. The others are lucky to be in the conversation. Nonetheless, I think that Lamar Jackson deserves a shit ton of credit for being kind of the catalyst for changing, uh, for being the catalyst for changing the way the NFL looks at mobile quarterbacks 
right? Like it was expected a while. Lamar Jackson's not the best passer of the football. But then they said, they said, well, you know what? Just let his ass run. Let him, let's play to his strengths first. We could develop him as a passer as, as we get into his career, but let's play to his strengths. And now you see that's what's happened with Jalen Hurts. They've played to his strengths. They've let him develop, right? I mean, the same now seems to be going on in Atlanta with, with uh, 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 Mariota. Not that he's going to be great. Not that they're going to, you know, not that they're a juggernaut, but they're certainly surprising the shit out of a lot of people. The Bears have decided to just run the ball, whether it's Justin Fields or whoever. Herbert or the rest of them. Let's go. Run the ball. That's what we're good at. The Titans. So, I think all these teams that are doing it, and it's not, you know, a run of three wins and then a run of three losses and no, no entries taken into account like with the Dolphins and stuff, I think you have to take them serious. Everybody, including myself, was ready to clown, crown the Bills as the best team in football, hands down, and they were the, the, the foregone conclusion to win a Super Bowl this year. And rightfully so, but we get so hung up on week to week, right? It's just like everybody's saying, oh, man, what's wrong with the Bills? What's wrong with Tom Brady and the Bucks? Are the Jets for real or the Vikings for real? Fuck, the Vikings could lose five in a row like that. That'd be the most Viking shit ever. The Jets could do the same thing. And everybody that's like, you know, ah, well, you know, the Bucks are done. Shit. You count Tom Brady out if you want to. Now, the one, the one I think that's the most interesting to me, the most perplexing to me, and perhaps the most obvious that it is it, it, that, that that they are for real this bad is the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers just looked awful this weekend. Awful. He has no help. They have no identity as a football team. They don't know what they want to be. They don't know who they are. They were talking about it on Get Up, how long it was taking to get plays in. Well, that can't be good. I mean, I wouldn't know that unless you told me. But if that's the case, yeah, I think the Packers are that bad. That's the only concrete thing I'm willing to say is, yes, I think the Green Bay Packers are that bad. Why they didn't go get a Brandon Cooks or Aguilar or anybody else at the trade deadline, I don't know. But you can just watch some of their games and be like, my God, this is awful. It's crazy to me. And is Rodgers done? I don't know. At some point, everybody's done, right? At some point, everybody's going to play poorly to a certain degree, even if you've played at the level that Rodgers and, 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 uh, and Brady have played at, maybe you get out while the getting's good, right? You go out on top. Maybe Brady should have just stayed retired and he wouldn't, we would never be looking at it going, oh, man, it's bad this year. I mean, certainly Todd Bowles, I think, has something to do with that. I don't think Todd Bowles is a good NFL coach, just like I think what's going on in Vegas. Josh McDaniels is not a good NFL coach, obviously. And boy, you got to think that Devontae Adams probably thinks he just fucked himself up and a, a, the, the Green Bay Packer franchise both. I feel like if Devontae Adams would have stayed in Green Bay, He'd probably be happier, and so would the Packers. They needed each other, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. They needed each other. 
Vegas had, what, a 17-point lead and lost? He can't be happy. And I think he said as much in the... I mean, you got Jalen Ramsey and uh, with the Rams talking shit about the offense. Man, we can't even get a get a break. We're exhausted. A lot of teams. This this, this NFL. This is the most Stranger Things upside down world in the NFL. Some people want to call it parody. I don't even know that it's parody. It's just weird. All the teams that are good shouldn't be, and all the teams that are bad shouldn't be. All the quarterbacks that I doubted are playing good. All of the stalwarts that you were used to seeing year over year are not. No one believed me about Kirk Cousins. Oh, suck it, bitches. We won't even get in on that. How I said that and you guys laughed at me and made a mockery of my love for Kirk Cousins. I'm still fully expecting them to shit the bed at some point. But it's a wild, wild year in the NFL. And it is like we're seeing this strange, uh, I mean, it's changing. This is becoming absolutely a run-first league. And here's what I think happened. Here's why. And then we got to go. I had a theory this weekend. I thought about it. I thought about it. And listen, Everything evolves in sports. Every league evolves, right? You had a league that in the NBA that was a big man's league. If you didn't have a seven-foot center that could dominate with his back to the basket, you were never going to win in the NBA. And then some teams were like, okay, cool. Nope, you go big. That's fine. We don't have a seven-footer. We haven't been able to draft one that's good enough. But what we will do is draft a bunch of guys that can knock down threes. And now what are you going to do when our 6'8", 6'10", center is out there at the three-point line knocking down threes like crazy, and so was the power forward. And then teams had to adjust because that style of offense, the Warriors, started putting it on people, and the rest of the league had to adjust. And I think what's happening in the NFL, what's happening in the NFL is kind of something similar, Right? You saw all these explosive passing offenses. This, this, it, the NFL has been all about the quarterback and the passing game for so long that all defenses have tried to do was pass rush and cover. That has always been the number one priority of defenses over the last several years. This is why cornerbacks are being drafted left and right, right? I mean, you look at Sauce Gardner, and, and it, he had a hell of a game, by the way. He shut Diggs down in the second half. But I think what's happened is you've had this overcompensation on defense. Safety play, corner play, secondary play. You've started running, I mean, nickel, the slot corner has become a huge part of defenses. So defenses have fixated on stopping the pass and started to make headway, right? Between that and a good pass rush. But what was forgotten was what? The running game. And now all of a sudden, offenses are like, well, we don't really have the quarterback to, to, to hang down in and down out throwing the ball. These teams are all set up to stop the pass because that's been the trend in the NFL. So teams like the Bears and teams like the Titans say, well, fuck it. We'll just run it on you. And good luck with your nickel corner out there trying to tackle Derrick Henry <laughs> or Justin Fields. So I think we're seeing this shift. I think teams are like, oh, you know what? 
Let's run the ball. All these defenses are built to stop the pass. Let's run the ball. And this happens in sports all the time. And I think that's why you see quarterback numbers are way down because the emphasis in the NFL right now has obviously been on running the ball because not everybody has a seven-foot center that can play with their back to the basket, meaning not everybody has a Josh Allen and a Patrick Mahomes and a Tom Brady and a Drew Brees and an Aaron Rodgers. They've got guys that do different things, so they're going to play to those strengths, right? So that's just my theory. Uh, You didn't like it or not. I don't give a shit, but I think that's what's happening in the NFL. All right, 502, I got to go make chicken for my wife. If the Falcons would have kept running the ball, they would have beat the Chargers. Same thing with the Titans. Titans might have had the Chiefs on the ropes. They got away from their bread and butter. Steve-O! Thank you for the 69 like. Hey, man, thank you guys for hanging out with me on a very, very, very sportsy. Very on deck on a Monday post-World Series. Go Astros. Uh, hey, uh, d I love you, buddy. Thank you, Uriel. AJB, right? Run, run, run. Thank you, Alex. Uh, B. Hannah says it was a good game. It was. Titan Hugo, this is Kirk Cousins' best year to flip the bird on 31 and NFL teams. I agree with you. Much love, Steve-O. Alan Dinson says, great show. Catherine and I love y'all. Have a great week. Hey, man, I hope you guys are feeling better, Alan. Are you Are you well? Are you guys better? Fins up. Joel, thank you, buddy. Uh, Jared Taylor, where are you at? I, I uh, appreciate you as well. Um, thanks to everybody, man. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for, the, thanks for the hype train. Thanks for all the support on Patreon, on this show, everywhere else. Uh, we rolling. And I didn't even get to talk about how Dusty... Oh, good. I'm glad you're better, Alan. I didn't even get to talk about how Dusty Baker's winning the World Series has kind of given me a little spark, a little extra life uh, when it comes to sticking with it. So we'll get to that tomorrow. We got plenty more NFL, college football. It'll be a good time. Uh, Until then, do me three favors. Be safe. important love each other and i will see y'all tomorrow enjoy my uh the monday night football john dory appreciate you homie you guys enjoy the monday night football and uh we'll reconvene here tomorrow we'll look at uh college football the rest of the nfl and uh we'll talk some um maybe some nba laminator 5000 all right do we have a do we have a raid what my Twitch did I close it? No, I did not. Let's see who's on. Is there anyone we want to raid? Let's go raid Danielle Freak, you guys. All right. Be nice. Say hi. He's playing Madden. Talk some shit. Uh, talk shit about the Warriors and the Niners and whoever else. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Um, have fun. Much love. Uh, stick around for the raid. Say hi. He's a good dude. If you haven't followed him, do so. Uh, and I'll see you all tomorrow. That's right, Steve. Be safe. Be kind. Love each other. Bye. And he's making a YouTube video!